Blog Talk Radio. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue, Friday Night Football, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. A special two-hour show tonight. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. And as always, joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, it's a special show tonight because here at FF Toolbox and the Fantasy Football World Championship, this is history in the making, our very first satellite league ever offered Tonight, here on Red versus Blue, and they're already underway, my man. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a great thing. Uh, it's a qualifier. It's a chance to uh, get a seat in the 2014 FFWC uh, main event. I mean, what else can you what else can you offer more than that? Uh, and like you said, they're, uh, they're underway. Uh, Frank's, uh, he's already taken uh, Adrian Peterson. Uh, we got Doug Martin off the board, uh, Jamal Shores. Jamal Charles, so these guys, uh, they're not wasting any time. I mean, they want to get that prize. They want to get that seat to the 2014 main event. I have my uh, bag of Chewy Sprees here, this show uh, sponsored by Chewy Sprees tonight. And we uh, this is the FF Toolbox uh, Draft Qualifier League. One of these participants, uh, basically the way it works is pretty big money. It's $175 satellite league. These folks are all trying to get their win their way into a seat at the 2014 Fantasy Football World Championships. That's the big daddy, the big kahuna that drafts out in Vegas. Uh, you can cash $10,000 in those leagues, $150,000 grand prize. Matt Bailey won over $200,000 last year as uh, our first champion, and we're back for year two, drafting live in the Mirage or in Vegas. This is a satellite into that contest. Uh, that's what this is all about. So you're going to see these drafters tonight embrace the FFWC format. A couple of quick things before we get to the rest of the show and the live draft coverage. This draft, it's very important to know the rules. It's a, an 11-man starting lineup. You start one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one kicker, one defense, and two flex. So, Mike, that means you can start up to four running backs, up to five wide receivers, or up to three tight ends on any given week, and it is a PPR league, so that's very important too. Yeah, and plus, uh, talk about the uh, 13 week. It's 13 weeks. It's the way it should be. It's a 13 week regular season. That's right. Uh, you have a full 13 week set to battle the uh, the other 11 guys in your league. Now, some people ask, well, how do you do that? We play every everybody plays each other once from weeks 3 to 13. Those first two weeks, we say, you know what, anytime you have a new fantasy team, you're still trying to feel out your team, right? You're not real sure uh, how it's going to go. Uh, so it's a very 
it's a very tough when you first take over a team. Your very first couple of weeks, it's, you're still trying to feel out your your team and your guys a little bit. So what we do there to compensate for that is we have basically the top six scoring teams the first week get a win. The bottom six scoring teams get a loss for the first two weeks of the year. So you will have a win or a loss in week one, a win or a loss in week two, based on if you're the top six or the bottom six. And that gives you an opportunity to kind of feel out your roster, maybe make a mistake here or there. And then week three to 13, it's head-to-head. You battle each other opponent once. The top four teams advance to the playoffs where they battle it out in an all-point shootout, weeks 14 through 16, carrying their average. Uh, and the, 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 the team that wins scores the most points is going to be the winner of the first-ever uh, qualifier league here, uh, broadcast live on Red vs. Blue. So let's get to it, Mike. The first round is underway. You already broke down the first couple of picks. The first five were running backs. Calvin Johnson was number six. Richardson and Rice at seven and eight. We can talk about that. Des Bryant has been in the first round of a lot of drafts I've been seeing especially in our format, Des Bryant at number uh, 9, C.J. Spiller number 10, A.J. Green 11, and, the, and we rounded out with Brandon Marshall at number 12. Mike, uh, what's the biggest surprise of that first round to you? Uh, really, the biggest surprise of the first round was, uh, you know, Brian, uh, Brian Harwood going with uh, Brandon Marshall and then coming back with Jimmy Graham. So he, okay. he's basically uh, – Give it up on the running back for now because it's going to be a while before it comes back to him. It'll be very interesting to see the teams, how they put together their their, – the team construction is very important in these formats simply because you don't get an extra pass here. You don't get to make up for your draft later after those eight or nine rounds are over. It's done. It's in the books. You're you're going to be lucky to find that savior piece, right? So if you have a couple of sleepers, that's great. We won't uh, we won't uh, out those guys until they're off the clock for you, for everybody that's drafting, in case you have sleepers. Uh, but we will cover the players that have been selected, and we will talk about your team and how it looks and maybe what you what positions and type of thing you should be doing. That's what you get when you're broadcasting your draft live for all to listen to. Uh, we get to analyze it. We get to critique it a little bit. Right. Right, Scott. And, and you, you know, need to get a new phone, dude. I don't think we're going to give away uh, somebody that should be picked, uh, getting ready to be picked, or what have you. Uh, we're just going to break down the picks that have that's been made. Uh, and right now, another one is uh, Kimra. She decided to uh, stay away from a running back. Uh, she went to Des Bryant and Demarius Thomas. Very interesting. Yep. Uh, again, uh, in this lineup format, uh, you, you you have a little bit of a larger roster. You do have to make sure you get those wide receivers. And and you know if you have a couple of sleepers at running back, which we'll see develop in the ch- in the draft tonight, we'll see that happen. Uh, that will be something to watch. You if you do believe in those guys, uh, go ahead and take them. That's what I always say. Uh, you take them because somebody else is thinking about that same guy that you are. So. Uh, we will take a look at these teams as they uh, unfold. We do have two teams so far that have started wide receiver, wide receiver. Uh, Kimra uh, from the 9-hole and Henry from the 11-hole. Two very well-respected players. It's going to be interesting to see what they do by starting wide receiver, wide receiver. What kind of a lineup do they feel? Look, you're, you're going to be grabbing some running backs that may be a little uh, unconventional or maybe not as safe as some of those bigger names, but... The bottom line is you're going to have two very studly wide receivers to trot out there each and every week. It will, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Mike, for all the listeners at home, did you get a new phone yet? Because 
last week it was a little spotty there. So I just did you get you a new phone yet? You've been waiting a long time. You still have the flip phone? Is it the shell phone? What do you got? How do I sound? Do I sound okay? Uh, you sound like you're talking into a soup can, you know, like the old um, spanky phones, you know, with the cords sticking out of it. Then you ask me the question. Yeah, okay. You still got the old phone. All right. Uh, it's interesting to see that Matt Matt Forte goes at the two five, Reggie Bush at two six, and Alfred Morris at two seven. Mike, there's three running backs. Which one do you like there out of that three? I'm really, I'm really shocked to see Matt Forte still falling as far as he does in drafts. Because look, let's face it, he's still Matt Forte, uh, the guy that was being drafted in the first round uh, quite a while, a 250 carry back. Uh, 40 or 50 catches kind of in the bag, five or six touchdowns in the bag. That's a pretty good season. 250 points is pretty much in the bag if you're Matt Forte. Well, you know, one thing I want to ask you is uh, if you have Des Bryant, do you take Demarius Thomas or Matt Forte? Uh, I don't know. What do you do? Uh, I would say uh, I would I would take Matt Forte. I mean, I'm just kind of critiquing uh, what Cameron did there. Uh, she took uh, Des Bryant in the first round and then coming back, went ahead with uh, Demarius Thomas with Matt Forte and uh, Bush and uh, Alfred Morris still there. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I would have uh, shorted myself up with a running back with Matt Forte. Well, uh, again, we're we're going to see that unfold uh, tonight, I, I'm the type of guy that you know. Look, uh, Alfred Morris is a guy that got so did so well, looked so fantastic last year. Uh, again, it's the receptions that that people are worried about. Will he be able to do touchdowns? Are very spotty. You remember the year that like D. Will had like 20 touchdowns and he comes back uh, the next year with like five. Uh, it wasn't really. He didn't look that much different that year, if you recall. He didn't look that much different. It was just the fact that touchdowns come and they go. And so you have to, in this format, point per reception uh, running backs are pretty valuable. But Alfred Morris showed pretty much the, the entire world what he's made of. He was a steal. You're not gonna you, you're not gonna get the price you got last year. You're gonna have to pay a second round pick, no matter what draft you're in for Alfred Morris. He's a top ten back in non PPR or a top five back in non PPR. The question is, can he keep it up in PPR league and keep it up with these these new fresh uh, fresh young guys that uh, catch a lot of balls? Is he is he worth a second round pick right now? I think so, absolutely. At some, absolutely. Yeah. It, it just depends. Uh, it just depends how high you are on some other guys. You know, uh, yeah. there's nothing to be afraid of in Washington. You're not going to make RG three uh, take over the games when he. I mean, he's obviously the leader of the team. I'm not. I'm, but you have a great workhorse running back in Alfred Morris, and you're going to use the heck out of him. Roy Hallou is back. He is healthy. He's a fine back. He's no Alfred Morris, uh, but he may steal some of that dumper work. You know, the there might RG3 might have might have a little bit, a few more dumpers this year, and maybe that'll help Morris if he's out there. Uh, but I, I tend to think that on those third downs, they might bring in Helu a little bit, and maybe RG3, instead of running and scrambling around in the pocket and taking off, off of an injury, dumpers seem to make sense. So, you know, maybe Hillu gets a little bit of that work. But Alfred Morris is a very fine pick. You can't really knock uh, Nick for taking Alfred Morris as his RB1 when he takes Calvin Johnson as his wide receiver one. He's got a leg up on the rest of the competition. Uh, but, Mike, again, 
let's take a look at this draft board in two halves, right? We, we, we talk about this all the time, and we'll start to see it develop a little bit more in the third round. But it's always running back heavy in the first half of the draft, the left side of the draft. And in the right side of the draft, it's usually wide receiver heavy. But we're seeing kind of a balance so far in the first two rounds. But this third round will really tell the story. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's what I'm seeing right now. Uh, you know, it just uh, it, it here we go again. I mean, there's more running backs. More running backs. Uh, it just uh, it's running back heavy. And you know, I I just really thought uh, back in uh, April, May, June. I, I mean, I really thought that there wasn't going to be that many running backs taken that quick because of uh, it's such a pass happy league. But but you know. Just to have those running backs on your squad means so much. I mean, to have those running backs on your team, I mean, that means a, that means a lot. So uh, it's it's evident. I mean, Lamar Lamar Miller going third round right now. Uh, Chris Johnson. To be honest with you, I really think Chris Johnson's going to have a big year. Uh, is, is he going to be ahead of Marshawn Lynch, Matt Forte, Reggie Bush, Alfred Morris? I'm not so sure, but I could put him in that bunch. CJ2K is now CJ1K. He doesn't get the receptions anymore. I know you, all the coach speak is saying we're going to get him involved in the receiving game. That's yet to be seen. 36 receptions, not a bad number, but not a, it's not a Chris Johnson number that we used to draft. But in the third round, you got to like that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Chris Johnson in the third round. The Lamar Miller pick uh, by Can't Do It, Andrew Palermo. He has three running backs. He started off with three running backs. That'll be very interesting. Look, guys, look. Uh, you're not going to have to listen to Mike and I this entire show. I have lined up uh, several good guests tonight. We have um, coming up right now, and I'm going to go ahead and bring him on a little bit early. Uh, everybody knows him from Twitter, at Fantasy Taz, and uh, over 100 draft masters this year alone. You know what you're getting when you get Jim Day on your program. Jimmy, what's going on, my man? What do you think of the draft so far? Hey, how you doing, Scott? Mike, uh, thanks for having me on. And You know, draft is pretty much going pretty according to plan as these high stakes do that we see a lot more wide receivers coming off the board in the earlier rounds in these drafts than we do in pretty much any other drafts and not to hey, the extent Jim, tonight it, uh, yeah. it surprise you to see uh jimmy graham that quick i mean i mean right uh brian harwood uh he went uh brandon marshall and then jimmy graham just like that uh, no, absolutely not. If you're worried at all that Gronk is going to miss a few games, then Jimmy Graham stands head and shoulders above the other tight ends. And, you know, if you want him, you're going to have to get him there. He wasn't going to get him in the third round. He was going to go somewhere in the second. So if he wanted him, he had to make that decision right then and there. What kind of running back does he have left? Yeah, well, that's the issue, and that's the issue. And, you know, Henry Muto and I fight about this all the time because he loves starting his drafts with the two wide receivers like he did tonight. And, you know, I'm I'm just not a huge fan of it this year. Last year I liked it a lot more than I do this year. There's a lot more running backs early that I like this year than I did last year. So, you know, it's a different season, different things. And I think as we start to see more of these high-stakes drafts fall out, you're going to start to see that change being made, and, and we're seeing it. I mean, uh, into the third round and, and five of the six picks are already running back. So people are realizing that the drop-off after you get through those first, like, 20 running backs is real steep. And we are seeing that again. Uh, we have uh, Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz from Twitter, 
uh, host of all of the of the uh, draft master leagues that you see, the Twitter draft master leagues. And and Jim, we we usually do see a pretty wide receiver heavy format, and we were prepared to talk about that today. But again, if you take this draft board and you cut a line straight up and down through the middle, if you look at the left half of the board, there are 13 of the 18 picks were running back. I mean, that's just such a huge number. If you're in the front half of the draft, it is very hard this year to not come out of there with two, maybe three running backs. Uh, there's there's uh, two of the teams took three running backs, uh, and the other uh, three of them took two. And then there is one on the corner, Frank, that took one running back and two wide receivers. Very running back heavy. And usually on the other half of the draft, it's a little bit more balanced and wide receiver heavy. It just seems like that's how it's laying out. So, Jim, I'm going to ask you, is there an, a preference in your mind after watching all these drafts for you know the, the entire summer here, is there a preference in your mind uh, in this format for the front half or the second half to be in? Personally, for me, my, my favorite pick of the, of the year is pick eight. Um, just because you're going to get one of those top backs fall into you at the eight, and then you know I can turn around and there's still a good chance I get a good solid back in my second round, or if not, I'll take the chance and grab one of those top wide receivers I like there, knowing I can come back in the third and still get a decent running back. But that's absolutely, I mean, the eighth pick for me, it just seems great because there's always one great running back that falls into your lap. It, you know, Jim, it seems like to me that uh, the depth at running back is so thin, that's why they're drafted so high. The depth at wide receiver, there's a lot of depth there. And that's why people are waiting and waiting and waiting. And you know you can get them in rounds uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and so on. So if you don't get the running back quick, you're going to be lost out. Well, you know, well, in this format, they have the option, you know, you could grab, you know, four or five running backs later and play the, the streaming game where, you know, one of them is going to have a good week every week and, and play it off. And, you know, that gives you that kind of flexibility. I'm just really not sold on it. I, I want at least one or two running backs I could absolutely count on. Jim Day is our guest tonight on Red versus Blue here. We're, we're going to bring in several uh, guests tonight. Jimmy, uh, you already answered the Jimmy Graham question. We're not going to see any quarterbacks here uh, through three rounds, it looks like. Maybe the fourth round is where we start to see some quarterbacks go, but quarterback is another deep position, just like wide receiver. It seems like there's always been, every year, a a quarterback or two stand out above the rest. Do you feel that Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers still stand out above the rest? And if so, why aren't people drafting them, just like the Jimmy Graham case you mentioned? Uh, because I don't think they do stand out. I think there's 12 quality starting running backs this year, and people are starting to realize that. Um, you know, they may not give you exactly what Rodgers or Breeze will give you, but, I mean, you know, you got Peyton going to be right up there. Matt Ryan, uh, Ryan's going to be right up there. These kids are coming along great. I, I really am really high on Russell Wilson this year with the addition of Percy Harvin. So there's so many good choices that – you know, this is, seems to be one of the biggest talking points of the off season. Is you know, most of the expert drafts seem to go really late on quarterbacks, and everybody keeps saying, "Well, that's the expert drafts. If you go to a real world draft, that'll never happen. The quarterbacks are still going to come off the board in the first couple of rounds." And you know, hopefully, we can get past that point because it really there's no need to do that this year. Well, Jim, here it uh, is. One thing, uh, 
Now I'm looking at uh, we're starting to enter round four as uh, there's not been a uh, single quarterback drafted. And uh, once we start going into the, uh, you know, later uh, weeks of July and August as far as uh, our drafters and our mock drafts and things like that, as uh, the quarterback run, I mean, does the quarterback run start to happen, and when does it start to start to happen? There, there goes Aaron Rodgers uh, with uh, Henry. So, does does that make a difference on uh, different people's opinions? Well, of course. I mean, everybody's looking at it differently. Like you said, I mean, Henry takes Rodgers in the fourth round. Uh, you know, his only running back at the time right now is Le'Veon Bell, and to me, that uh, I wouldn't be happy with that. But you know, it's hard to talk. Tell that to Henry, who's the $100,000 online winner from last year, you know. He's still riding that high from last year. So I, I keep trying to tell him 2013's a different year, buddy. <laughs> well, you're not, uh, you know, uh, I, I will mention this, uh, Jim. Uh, Jim Day we're, 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 is, is here on Red versus Blue tonight. Aaron Rodgers does go with the 4-2 as the first quarterback off the board. That's pretty impactful, and you're right. People were saying when it comes time for money drafts, those quarterbacks will go back up. We at Toolbox have Aaron Rodgers, and we have Drew Brees, actually, uh, as the number one quarterback, but we have him about 80 points better than the number 12 quarterback. So it's a, still a pretty significant difference, but it it seems like people are comfortable with a solid starting quarterback with upside, and I think that's what happens. We don't see Gronkowski go. Uh, we're in the middle of the fourth round, and, and the, the most dominant tight end we've seen in recent history is still uh, available. People are worried about that injury, and we've, we've, we've heard Chris Coleman on the BFD uh, show earlier on Wednesday talk about that. I do want to pick your brain about Le'Veon Bell, though, because you mentioned that, uh, you know, with Henry, he takes Le'Veon Bell there. Uh, he, he takes him before Stephen Ridley, which seems like a proven commodity. So Le'Veon Bell uh, had the fastest, like, three-cone time. The You know, he ran the fastest three-cone time, faster than... Uh, even C.J. Spiller, isn't that the, wasn't that the uh, statistic that I heard? And for a big 240-pound back, doesn't that quite impress? I mean, does, that impresses me. That that says he's quick. Uh, yeah, absolutely, he's quick. You know who else was quick last year? David Wilson. How much yeah. did he start? You know, there's there's a thing when it comes to rookie running backs that if they can't protect the quarterback, yeah. it, it's going to be hard for them to get on the field. Now, Bell, you know, he's got a little good step in that direction. He, he's a little better than most of the rookies in that way. But, you know, there's still no guarantee he's going to be the outright starter on this team. I, I'm sorry. There's just no way to guarantee that at this point. And to have him as your running back one, it just wouldn't make me happy. Uh, well, and, and I hear what you're saying, but I, I do see there's a big difference there between what Ahmad Bradshaw brought to the table and then this Jonathan Dwyer crap that Pittsburgh's trying to trot out. Le'Veon Bell has talent, and he has opportunity. I think it's going to be a nice little value pick for Henry. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Rob Gronkowski does end up going, finally, at 4-7, and we're still sitting with one quarterback off the board. Jim Day joins us. Uh, Jim, look at that. Uh, look at the, look across the uh, landscape here of these first four rounds. What stands out to you? I see one team uh, here in the middle. Christopher, he's taken four running backs uh, and nothing else. Four running backs right off the top. Well, he's got pretty much four running backs. Well, three of the four guaranteed to start every week. David Wilson, I'm still again not 100 percent sure he starts every week. Uh, you know, we heard the talk already in the offseason. He's still making mistakes, and that's going to be his thing. He's got to get past that. 
till they can feel comfortable with him being an every down back. But he's still going to be explosive. He's still going to get plenty of chances. So as a number three, absolutely great. And then to come back and get Gore at number four, you're talking about possibly starting all four of these every single week of the year. There's still a lot of great wide receiver talent on the board. Uh, you know, I like the, the look of it. Would I do it? Probably not. When I do a draft, I'm looking at first four rounds, I want three running backs and one wide receiver. And, you know, take it whichever way it falls easiest for me i want at least one wide receiver in that group but for me right now the team i really like is game time um you know started out with calvin johnson and followed that up in the second and third with mars and then maurice jones drew and then got gronkowski in the fourth i mean very good value right across the board there so uh basically jim uh what you're saying is that uh christopher he needs to uh he needs to do some work here uh, in the next couple rounds to uh, shore up uh, other positions. Well, no, it, it's not. I wouldn't say that. I mean, he's got four good running backs, and he's set. Um, so he's not going to have to worry about running back for a while. While other guys are trying to scra- scavenge to get number two, number three running backs, he's going to be pulling you know, wide receivers, uh, quarterback if he wants, and tight ends off the board in these next few rounds without having to worry about running back again for a while. So I don't think it really yeah. puts him behind the eight ball, but I would like my personal preference is to have one wide receiver out of the first four rounds. Good conversation. We are in the fifth round now, and still only one quarterback is off the board. I do want to go to the chat room. Mobile app uh, says, I love Vereen, but you can't take him that high. I would have taken Breeze right there or someone else. Uh, again, that is it's very d- difficult to uh, to pass on a guy like Breeze for somebody that's in a timeshare situation. But there's a lot of love for Shane Vereen, Jim, and uh, seeing him being drafted in the early part of the fourth round, does that surprise you? Does, are we going to see more of that uh, as we get closer to uh, preseason and training camp? I, I, I think that's a little high, and I, I'm really high on Vereen, but I think that's a little high. Uh, you know, a couple of guys that are there, I mean, obviously, I, for me personally, I would have easily taken uh, Gore there over Vereen uh, without even thinking about it. That's just me. I mean, Gore, you know, is going to be an every down back. So, I, you know, I make that move. Um, I love Vereen, and I think he's going to do a lot of stuff. I think he's the only guy on on the team that has, you know, even close to the talent level to take over most of the things that Hernandez was doing. I don't think they have anybody else who can. So I think that plays a lot into this. And, you know, I think we're going to see the hype continue to grow. And at that point, if we're looking at him in the fourth round, I don't think he represents a lot of value. Andrew Palermo from the 5-3 finally finally takes Drew Brees, uh, also Vernon Davis. Drew Brees, the second quarterback off the board at 5-3. That's the type of drafts you may expect uh, when you're drafting these big money leagues this year because there's so much depth at quarterback, we continue to see him fall. And so everybody builds a pretty strong team. Uh, Again, this is an 11-man starting lineup, so I think people are taking that to heart, Jim, and Mike, too. Uh, that yep. you do have to submit that extra starter every single week. If you don't have that guy to cover not just your regular lineup, but you got to cover bye weeks, and you have to cover injuries. And all the complexities that go along with team management, Mike, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. I've, the, the teams that have made the most sense to me have been di- – quarterbacks have been diving down, tight ends diving down, and they're filling up that first eight or nine picks with running backs and wide receivers. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying, and, uh, you know, it makes sense. Uh, especially, with, like you said, Scott, with the 11-man uh, starting lineup, 
you know, you, you have to be ready. You have to be prepared. Uh, and how do you get prepared? You get prepared with with your initial draft and those first few rounds uh, just to stockpile as many uh, as many running backs, wide receivers as you can because from what I'm seeing, I mean, we're in round five right now and there's only been uh, three uh, uh, three quarterbacks taken. There's only been, uh, what, three, four uh, uh, tight ends taken. So you better grab the tight ends or, or the uh, running backs and uh, wide receivers quickly. Remedial Geeks in the chat room echoes uh, the sentiment from Jim Day. Not a, Jim might have been a little more eloquent, but Remedial Geeks. Vereen at 4-4 just sucks all the value out of him. Now he has to be a top 18 back. I would bet against that. Now, it looks like he was drafted as the RB 24 here, I'm, I'm, if I'm counting that right. And, and that's pretty. That's in the ballpark, I think, of what he where he's going to finish without an injury. The upside for Vereen is, what if Ridley goes down? What if he has a concussion? What if he starts fumbling again? Uh, there are a lot of positives there that really make Vereen very attractive to a player that says, hey, I'm trying to get me a top five back that also contributes. And Vereen could be, in that offense, the reception guy, right, taking over for Woodhead, as well as carry relief for Ridley. So it makes him startable. You know, if you can get 12 or 13 points out of a guy without a touchdown because of those receptions piling up, four or five receptions, makes you startable. The upside that, R- that Vereen presents is because if Ridley goes down. So, Jim, I'll, I'll, I'll let you comment on the next uh, thing we have here in the chat room. Open field ahead. Manning and Wayne reunited again, and we see Peyton Manning go up 5-4 to uh, Chris, who pairs him up with Foster Murray, Randall Cobb, and Reggie Wayne. Talk about that team. Well, I, you know, I like four out of the five picks. I am not a Murray fan at all. Uh, just too brittle for me. Um, oh. You know, can't really argue third round value there but again he just a very talented guy but he has a hard time staying on the on the field and when you take into account that offensive line is just not that good i'm not a big fan of him and that's the only downside i, I mean i like the rest of the team foster cobb wayne and manning are all guys that are going to get you top points i'm just not a believer in murray mike he's injury prone demarco murray it seems like hamstrings uh you know, it just—it's just always something, and they—and they're calling him injury prone. And he—he he told the um, recently he told the Dallas Observer the people issue. He said, "I'm going to play all 16 this year." He's ready to prove him wrong. Do you think he does, Mike? Mike, Trent. I'm not so sure. I mean, you know, he—he's always been spot on. So uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, well, Jim, look, man, uh, thank you for coming on short notice. We appreciate it. It's always fun to have uh, the Fantasy Taz in the house, in the jungle, so to speak, uh, when Fantasy Taz is here. Any other comments on this draft before you go? Uh, any, anything sticking out to you here? Uh, no, pretty much going how I would consider it. Uh, you know, uh, Vernon Davis going before Gonzalez, maybe a little bit of a, a, a reach for me. I definitely would rather have Gonzalez there just a proven factor vernon davis very up and down uh and i'm a little lower on kaepernick this year than some people are most people are actually so uh that that to me is just the only other thing but other than that it's going pretty well uh pretty well as we expected so uh, i'm glad to see the quarterbacks are falling i think it's the right time for it always a pleasure to have jim day aka fantasy taz look him up on twitter gang uh that's the fantasy taz mike yep love it jim thanks man all right, Mikey, we've got uh we're in the 5th round here and 
four running back, four quarterbacks off the board, five tight ends. Now things are starting to open up a bit. Look, everybody's team usually looks pretty good through four rounds. That's never really a question. So let's bring on our next guest of the evening, host of the Magic Formula FF podcast. You know him as the FF Magic Man himself, Micah James. Micah, I hope you can see this draft board. What's going on, my man? I can see it uh, loud and clear and in bright color, Scott. Uh, thanks for having me on. Glad to have you here. Talk about what you see in this draft. What's standing out to you? I, I, I've got a lot of topics that I want to discuss with you tonight uh, on some of the players that are in these middle rounds here. But what's uh, what's standing out to you? I mean, if you look at those those back of the end of, of the draft here, I want to read you what's in the chat room. Remedial DeGeek says, Scott, you're dead right about those teams picking late. You just can't wait on a running back. Look at teams 11 and 12. They are in big trouble at running back. Is that the case? Can you go no running backs and be okay? Well, I think what I'm seeing is the way the running backs went early, no. You're really giving up a lot when your number one running back is Le'Veon Bell. Um, You know, I don't mind Ridley as much. I know this is a PPR format, so he takes a little bit of a hit. Um, It's a trade-off. I mean, you look at the first round, and you've got uh, eight running backs. The next round, seven or six. So, you know, if you're not getting that core of uh, 15, 16 running backs, at least one of them, I really think you're hamstringing yourself and you're going to try and play catch-up on running backs the rest of the draft. Huh. So, well, that makes sense. So, uh, say uh, say Brian Harwood in that spot uh, on the turn after round one, uh, in your opinion, as it's just your opinion, would you have taken Marshawn Lynch ahead of uh, Jimmy Graham? No, I like the Jimmy Graham pick there, actually. I probably would have taken Forte at uh, that 12th spot and then wrapped around and taken Graham. Or I might actually go on Forte and Jackson if I decided to wait on tight ends. Uh, gives me two solid running back ones in a PPR format, and then I can worry about filling in wide receiver depth down the line. Yeah, I like the I like the way you think. It is interesting to see how all these philosophies play out. The bottom line is, if Le'Veon Bell is who Henry thinks he is, he's going to have the edge at wide receiver, and he's going to get it. And that's all. That's that's the cool part about this draft is, do you gamble or not? Uh, and I guess, Micah, that's the conversation we're having. Is there a reason to gamble? Can you avoid gambling at the back of the draft? I know a lot of people's their sentiment is, I don't want to chase what the other guys are doing. If they're taking running backs early, I'm going to take wide receivers early. They're going to have to gamble a little bit on wide receivers. But is that the case? Do those early guys have to gamble on wide receivers, I guess? Uh, and that's the question. Yeah, I mean, I think in a league like this where you're starting three wide receivers, I understand the argument. And, you know, I don't have a problem starting Brandon Marshall, Jimmy Graham. Um, I personally, there's no way that I would go A.J. Green, Julio Jones in the back. I mean, I definitely, like I said, want to get one of those running backs to solidify my squad. But I do think there's enough depth at wide receiver that you can go running back early and then try and fill in with, you know, a guy like, I mean, you got Mike Wallace going in the back end of the fifth round. Um, you know, that's somebody that if he's your wide receiver too, or, you know, you, you can live with that. So I don't know that you need to get one of those top, top tier wide receivers. I think what you give up is, is too much. We're talking to the FF Magic Man tonight, Micah James. He's uh, breaking down the middle of these rounds, and we're looking at team construction a little bit. Uh, you didn't really get to comment. You came on after the, uh, the in the fourth and fifth. I don't want to deprive you of some of the commentary in the early rounds, Micah. Uh, we see Lamar Miller at 3-3. We see 
David Wilson at 3-7. Uh, some young guys uh, going up there, being drafted as uh, stud running backs. And we saw several uh, several teams start off three and four running back wide. What kind of re- wide receiver teams are we going to see from these guys that are starting three and four running back wide? Yeah, that's that's the issue that I've got. You know, I took a look at uh, that team drafting out of the seven hole, and you take four running backs in a row, and then a quarterback. You know, you're going into the sixth round, and your number one wide receiver is going to be a guy like uh, you know. Uh, well, we'll see who comes up here if he goes that way. But, you know, you're looking at probably the 25th, 26th best wide receiver. You've really got to get lucky and hit some guys, I think, in a league like this. Now, I don't know if these guys are allowed to trade during the season, so perhaps that was the strategy. Nope. I mean, I, I agree. Nope. You, you can't ever have enough running backs, but at some point you've got to realize – you know, you're starting three wide receivers every week at a minimum. And when you're putting up guys that are in the 40 and 50 ADP against guys that are in the, you know, top 10, uh, that's really going to put a lot of pressure on those running backs to try and make up the difference. I don't think they can. Going to be very yeah, interesting to right. see. I mean, yeah, you know, ahead, it, it just uh, – so that the more depth you have at the running back wide receiver, I mean, that's – you're going to feel better about that. Because let's face it, uh, we just saw Cam Newton go off uh, in the middle of the sixth round, and there's still plenty of, of uh, quarterbacks left to go. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that, that quarterback is a position you can just sort of wait and bide your time. Um, because really, you know, at least in my mind, the top 12 quarterbacks, any one of those guys is a player that I wouldn't mind trotting out, you know, every week in, week out. So I definitely agree on the weight on quarterback. Um, it's interesting there. He's got Greg Jennings as his number one wide receiver. You know, that would really concern me uh, to have Greg Jennings going up against some of these other guys. You know, he may be a, a very suitable player, and maybe it's good for him in Minnesota. But that's the price you pay, I think, when you when you wait on a position. In a league like this, I, I try personally – to get a little more balance in those early rounds um, because I think you want to have one or two guys that you can sort of count on and not have to worry about as opposed to really loading up on a single position. Yeah, and it's a start three minimum wide receiver league. Very important to do. Let's take a look at the team right beside that, Micah James. Uh, Dwayne Bowe was drafted as the number one wide receiver, and and there's a lot of things to like about Dwayne Bowe. Uh, Andy Reid and Doug Peterson come to Kansas City. Bo is still the number one target there. Some people are predicting maybe a, another, uh, maybe an 80 catch season back the the return of Dwayne Bo. Uh, what do you think about Dwayne Bo? Uh, if you start a running back, I know you mentioned uh, balance, so let's talk about him more as a wide receiver too. Can you live with Dwayne Bo as a wide receiver too? Yeah, I, I, I'm very happy with him as a wide receiver too because I think there is some upside there. We know Andy Reid is probably going to throw a lot more than they have in the recent years in Kansas City. And uh, while Alex Smith certainly isn't a world beater, I think he's better than the quarterbacks Bo has played with the past few years. Um, you know, and, and that's another team where you go running back heavy early, uh, and, and I'm okay with that. I think personally I would have taken either Jordy Nelson or Marquez Colson to be my one there just because I think they're a little bit more reliable than Bo. But, you know, but I can't argue with it. Coming back around in the fifth round, I probably would have followed up with another wide receiver there, and, and I like that team a lot better if I've got those three running backs and uh, Dwayne Bowe and Mike Wallace, for example, or, or even Dwayne Bowe and Antonio Brown. That's a much better one-two punch, in my opinion, than Bowe and Hilton. 
FF Magic Man Micah James is with us tonight, and we're uh, looking at the FFWC, the FF Toolbox's first satellite league ever offered. It's a $175 entry fee, and just to run it down, since we're 40 minutes into the program, this is a start one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one kicker, one defense, and two flex. Very important. It's an 11-man starting lineup, so you, it, we, we do see the quarterbacks drop. People are afraid. They want to make sure and they get those starters embedded in that lineup so that they can, uh, look, survive the bye weeks, survive the injuries, and, and make it through a full season with a full lineup because it's a little tough when you're putting that extra man in there every single week, Micah, and it and it turns out to be somebody like a Kendall Hunter, like a backup running back or or maybe a, a, a an unproven wide receiver that you're stashing away like a Corderell Patterson, somebody that maybe you're not confident in. So uh, tell me about how you would approach this format. Again, no trading, uh, blind bid free agency, starting 11-man, and it's a head-to-head league uh, that rewards both head-to-head and total points uh, equally. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. I definitely, like I said, would probably try and, and shoot for some balance early. I think in that kind of a format, um, you know, I, I can see loading up on running backs a little earlier when you've got the two flex positions. I still am not sure I'd, I'd agree with what you're giving up, though. And that, that's, I think, to me, the, the flip side of it is it's great to have a nice stable of running backs and, you know, you can look at it and feel real confident but then when you look at the other elements of your roster and think, oh, my gosh, you know, my wide receivers are, are not what I want them to be or, you know, it just – I think what it does is it forces you to hit on some of those late-round picks. And, you know, while that's always good, and we all know there's going to be guys that break out. There's going to be running backs that come out of nowhere. There's going to be wide receivers that come out of nowhere. But I would not like to count on that if I don't have to. I'd rather feel like I'm balanced and have those kind of core five, six players that are in the top, you know, 24 or whatever at their position. It just makes me feel more comfortable to take some of those late-round gambles. Micah, are you more of a PPR or non-PPR guy in the leagues that you play in? I'm more uh, of a def- PPR. Oh, oh Mike. I'm okay. I'm, I'm Micah. I'm more of a PPR, yeah. but go ahead, Micah. I, I'm right with you, Mike, too. That's That's more what I play as a PPR. It's actually – uh, hard for me when I'm doing rankings and have to sort of figure them from a standard basis as opposed to PPR. you got to make your mind think a little differently. Well, I keep seeing Chris Ivory, a back that uh, goes to New York, doesn't have a lot of competition. It has been a career five-yard-per-carry guy. Uh, he hasn't been asked to, to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. Does that mean that he can't? Is that what you've heard? Because – you know, when you have Darren Sproles, when you had Reggie Bush, when you had Pierre Thomas, you're not – they utilized him the, uh, the way they should. And some people are saying, well, he's not going to catch balls. Well, who else is going to catch balls out of the backfield? Now, Sean Green was the 15th best running back in non-PPR formats last year. You bring in a Chris Ivory with a, a team that's devoid of talent, it only – it seems like Chris Ivory in non-PPR leagues is going to be successful. The question is, in PPR leagues, do you like the value in the fifth round? Yeah, I do. I, I think I had this conversation when I was recording my show earlier this week, and uh, we had that exact same conversation about Chris Ivory. 
uh, it was a standard mock that we were doing, but the, the issue was his uh, non-history of catching. And I said the same thing that you did, Scott. I'm not sure it means he can't catch, but they never asked him to do it in New Orleans. They didn't need to. You know, they had Sproles there, like you said. They had Pierre Thomas there, who's a guy that's got good hands when they need him to, to catch out of the backfield. So I'm not sure that I would say Chris Ivory is not a valid PPR back. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with him in some of these preseason games. And, and if we see them – with those attempts, then I think you can feel a lot more confident that they are going to try and involve him that way. Um, it's like you said, who else do they have? Goodson can catch a little bit, uh, but he's got some other issues that, you know, we don't know how that's all going to play out. Jail. Uh, certainly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It makes it a little tough to be on the field scoring fantasy points. And, uh, you know, certainly Bilal Powell and Joe McKnight, those are guys that have been there for a long time and haven't gotten it done, so you don't have a lot of confidence in them at all. I love the Bachman start with McCoy, Steven Jackson, McFadden. Okay, I could probably do without that with a good, strong, confident McFadden-Jackson start. And looking at the other options, maybe yeah. a Harvin makes sense there or an Andre. He comes back with Bo and brings in Ivory as a fourth running back. To me, if I've only got Bo, I'm probably going to play it safe. I think Welker makes the perfect sense for a team like that that just needs – a safety valve at, at wide receiver two, I probably wouldn't risk it with the upsides and the ups and downs of a Torrey Smith. I probably wouldn't risk it with a Mike Wallace and the ups and downs. And I'm probably not going to pay an Antonio Brown price at 5-6. But Wes Welker at 5-5 five, five would have made a lot of sense to me for Bachman to have that, you know, that little bit more symmetry across that uh, that lineup there, Mike. Yeah, Mike no Trent. doubt. I mean, you know, I'm looking at it. and But then he came back with a T.Y. Uh, Kenny Britt, so he feels pretty comfortable. Uh, you know, he's, he's throwing all those uh, running backs, wide receivers, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what Bachman does uh, in the eighth round. Does he go uh, quarterback? Does he go uh, tight end? Or does he just continue to do those fillers? I'm going to ask Micah, uh, Micah, before you go, uh, T.Y. Hilton. That's another player that uh, I think a lot of people might be sleeping on and saying, hey, you know, was a product of the Aryan system, 50 receptions, pretty much a big playmaker, seven touchdowns on those. That's a 14% touchdown rate. Pretty good first season for a rookie quarterback, rookie wide receiver. Tell me about your thoughts on T.Y. Is that more product of the system, or are we going to see more of the same? You know, I think he's a talented receiver at what they asked him to do last year, and certainly luck. I have a lot of confidence in regardless of what Pep Hamilton asked him to do. I'm of the opinion that you are going to see a markedly different Indianapolis Colts offense this season. And I think with Darius Hayward Bay kind of coming in and, and he is almost uh, a, a counterpart to what T.Y. Hilton does. I just think that lowers Hilton's value a little bit for me. So I've probably got Hilton lower than a lot of folks. I don't want him as my wide receiver two. Um, I'm fine with him as my wide receiver three. He doesn't fall that far. I know a lot of people are high on him given what he did last season. But I really think you're going to see a Colts offense that's a lot more kind of West Coast short passes, uh, you know, the Reggie Wayne underneath, I think those tight ends are both going to be utilized a lot more. So I just – I'm not buying Hilton to that extent. Um, I'm going to have to see it one more season, and then maybe I'll be more in on him. 
Well, Micah James, we appreciate you coming on Red versus Blue, man. Any other comments before you go and tell people where they can where they can find your stuff? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, everybody can track me down on Twitter at FFMagicMan and uh, pop on by FFMagicMan.com. You can find all the episodes of the podcast and uh, stuff there. So appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk with you guys. Thank you, Absolutely, Micah. Appreciate man. it. Very good stuff from Micah. You know, I I always enjoy uh, Micah's takes. They, uh, I he, he's kind of, for, to me, you know, new to the to the high stakes scene. I I wasn't familiar with him until this year, and then, bam, he wins the ranking award. Uh, you know, the the most accurate rankings from uh, from last year. One of the sites put that out, and and now all of a sudden, I'm 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 hearing Mike can't get enough of uh, Magic Man. Man, you you hear him popping up on all the shows. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the show from last week to hear the uh, the takes on Chris Ivory because this is a guy that I'm really interested in. But, Mike, there's a lot of teams here to take a look at, so let's keep spanning the uh, – here's where the draft starts to get interesting. Now is when the you start to sweat a little bit and your, 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 hand, your palms are starting to get a little sweaty because if you haven't taken a quarterback right now, and there's a couple of teams that haven't, we're in the eighth round, three teams have not taken uh, – four teams have not taken a quarterback yet. Uh, we're looking at Bill Lester has not. Uh, Paul Maley has not. Sam Hendricks from ffguidebook.com has not. And our and our very own Brian Harwood from SBFFC has not. So there's four teams that haven't taken a quarterback and they ha- and two of them haven't taken it in the eighth. So we're already down to quarterback 9 if it comes back to them. Andrew Luck is off the board, but when you can get an Andrew Luck, a Tony Romo and a Matt Stafford at, you know, later than the 6th, 7th and 8th round, I'm I'm a, I'm like them. I'm going to wait too. Yeah, you know what, Scott, right now I'm looking at uh, Bachman, and, uh, you know, I, I guarantee it, I, I would be surprised if they take a quarterback right now because uh, they don't have to. I mean, there's going to be a chance uh, for, like you said, a, uh, a Romo or a Stafford to come right back to them. In the chat room, uh, I want to catch up on the picks a little bit. Um if Gronk can stay healthy, game time team is balling, and MJD comes back to form, it's over. Frank Matsko is killing it. No love for Tavon. Good value at 7-7. Seven, seven. Mobile app says, don't sleep on Mike Williams. He will finish in the top 25. Phantom Menace says, I like T.Y. Hilton. Taz can't get behind Hilton before going before Steve Smith. That is absurd. Uh, lots of stuff going on in the chat room looking at this draft. There's so many different uh, ways to look at it. But somebody did mention Frank Mascow. I said he's killing it, so let's take a look at the team. This is what I used to do when i go to Vegas, and I'd look at a draft board, and I'd start, start talking about it, and everybody would be like, do mine, do mine. I'm like, take a look are you at serious? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll break it down. So Tony Romo uh, is the quarterback fine anchor there. Adrian Peterson and Matthews is your RB2. We'll talk about that here in a second. Roddy White, Victor Cruz, Marquez Colston, and Steve Smith. A very, very strong uh, four wide receivers. Now, the funny thing is, Mike, he still doesn't have an, a, a, a finished lineup yet. We don't see a finished lineup yet really until round nine, and that's when you can say the first nine picks can be in your starting – you could draft your starting lineup in this format. That's what's pretty interesting. There's still another well, starter to go there and a tight end to go for Frank. Yeah, uh, well, see, what Frank's got to work with now is I've got to find a running back. I've got, so got to, to find a running back and a start and a starting tight end. Yes, absolutely, uh-huh. and uh, uh-huh. you know that, that's got to be his mo uh, right now uh, with uh, 
the eighth round pick and the turn at number nine. I mean, he's got to find a runner back and the tight end. And we'll, but he doesn't we'll have to he... do it. He doesn't. He doesn't have to do it here, Mike. Though, I mean, look, we have seen depth at some of these positions, uh, especially at tight end. He doesn't have to necessarily do that. He might be able to squeeze it out a little bit more and go another wider. You know, make your strength stronger, sure. so to speak. We've talked about that. Don't fall behind. If you're going to fall behind at one position, go ahead. Make it five, you know, or maybe push the envelope and go with that he, fifth he, wide receiver. He doesn't at the tight end, but he, he better – I would say a running back is his time. Well, they are – there's there's not a lot of running backs uh, at this point in the game that you can feel real good about, but I there are some names out there. We won't we, – again, we're not going to name drop uh, in this draft. Uh, I, I, I have uh, done that in the past, but not tonight. This is our first uh, satellite league. I want to see it play out without uh, listening to my uh, – my microphone. Uh, Frank Frank has a good team. Uh, again, the, the Ryan Matthews is probably the story of this team. When he leaves this draft and he looks at his draft board, he has to come to terms that Ryan Matthews is his RB2, but he got him in the fifth round. Now, there's something about not liking a player, Mike, and there's another thing about where you get the player, right? And Ryan Matthews in the fifth round, uh, look, he's being drafted normally as the 24th running back off the board, and he's getting him uh, much later than that here because I think Shane Vereen was number 22. So if, if Vereen was 22, 23, 24, 25, 27, 22, and 30, uh, or 22, 23, no, he's right at, right at 24, my bad. He's right at 24. So that's about where he's being drafted normally anyway. And so when you look at what Matthews did last year, uh, again, an injury. So you, you can't really fault him for an injury more than you can DeMarco Murray. They're both injury prone backs, the same as Darren McFadden, but those guys are given a pass. Matthews has not yet. Matthews is still a point-per-reception guy. I mean, they do bring in Danny Woodhead, and I think people are scared that maybe Danny Woodhead's going to steal that receptions. And if, and if Matthews doesn't have receptions, he has nothing. Well, you know, the one thing about it, Scott, is, you know, I, I believe that Danny Woodhead is going to steal some from Matthews. The only deal about Matthews, and and he and Frank went ahead and got Williams as a running back, uh, the one thing about Matthews is, you know, we all know it, his health issues. I mean, is he going to be healthy? Can we rely on this guy? Is this a guy that I can rely on from week one through 17? I mean, it's hard to do. But, uh, you know, when I, when I started looking at his draft board, it's like the best place to uh, pick in is, you know, I would say uh, three through nine. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I love the D'Angelo Williams pick. There's a very good chance that uh, Jonathan Stewart is not healthy this year again. Uh, and D'Angelo Williams becomes an undervalued starter in a system that runs the ball well, a lot. So uh, there's several good matchups that uh, Carolina has this year. I probably wouldn't start them week one against Seattle. That's a pretty nasty uh, matchup to start with. But, look, I like a D'Angelo Williams pick. It makes a lot of sense to me. I To see D'Angelo is one of those value guys. So way to go, Frank. I, kind of, I, I like what he did there. He recovered nicely, and he made his strengths stronger with the Lance Moore pick. You've heard me call Lance Moore the ultimate handcuff, right? He has he has Marquez Colston, so that pick makes ten times more sense to Frank than it does anybody else in the lineup. Because if Colston goes down, Lance Moore's value goes way up for Drew Brees' number two target behind Jimmy Graham. That's a very 
nice, nice pick by a uh, nice round there of, of Frank. Let's live, let's move uh, all the way across the board here. Let's just keep going, Mike. Uh, Pigskin Pirates, break down Eric's team here real quick for me. Pigskin, uh, well, I'll tell you what, Doug Martin, I, I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, Fitz, he's, he should be okay, uh, you know, with the new offense and everything's going on there. And uh, Chris Johnson, man, I'm, t- I'm going to tell you what, Chris Johnson, I, I'm – I'm a believer. I mean, I think he's going to have a. I, I think he's going to have a huge year. Hockey next and not so much. Uh, Vernon Davis, he'll be solid. Uh, Matt Stafford, man, can you get a quarterback in the sixth round any more? Uh, you know, Attractive, stable yeah, value. Yeah. yeah, very, very good pick, Mike. I don't want to cut you off. I want to. I want to see what this caller has to say. He's been hold, on hold for a while in the program. Uh, caller, go ahead. You're on the air. Hello, Scott. Hey. This is Sam Hendricks. Oh, hey, we got Sam Hendricks on the air. Hey, man, how's it going, my man? Pretty good. Got the 10th spot. We're not doing too bad. Yeah, yeah let's 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 Yeah, I I've been wanting to I've been waiting for your call when we could break this down, but uh we did uh just lightly touch over the fact that uh you kind of, you know, they somebody was saying would you have not taken Lynch there? I'm like, "Well, absolutely I'd take Lynch there. He's a top 5 running back. Why wouldn't you take Lynch unless you're worried about a little jail time? Who's worried about a little jail time when you're in the NFL? You know what I'm saying?" Exactly. I had Sam to. Hendricks. I was, I, was hope, I was hoping Jimmy Graham would fall to me. Uh oh, really? I really wanted to start out with a strong tight end, but uh Hey, I was this ain't the FFPC, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I liked I liked I I had Witten, I had uh I had uh Jimmy Graham and then Witten and I wanted to start out with a strong tight end so I could forget about him and not have to worry about him for the rest of the sure. draft. So I was pretty happy with uh Witten where I picked him up. Picked oh, him up I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you called. We love Jason Witten at FF Toolbox. We have him within a couple of points of the uh number 2 tight end behind Jimmy Graham. There's a very big gap for us between number 1 and number 2. But it's yep. nice to get one of those guys that you're pretty confident. We're very confident in Olsen this year. Gonzo, you have to be confident. Witten, as always, uh, not much of a drop-off. And then Vernon Davis. I think all those guys, there's a case to be made for a, as a number two uh, tight end this year. And we'll, we'll see it play out. But let's take a look at the rest of your team. We'll shoot over since you called. Okay. C.J. Spiller at 110. I love the value there. Marshawn Lynch at, at 2-3. Again, ridiculous set of running backs that can carry all the way. Andre Johnson. Some people think he's lost a step. I'm like, you know what? He's Andre Johnson. Uh, there's nothing yeah, to worry he, about here, nothing to see. Even if he has lost a step, I'll still take the catches and still take the yardage and touchdowns. Oh, absolutely. Uh, look, there's nothing to be uh, there's nothing to be afraid of with Andre Johnson as your number one wide receiver. The only thing he's never done is he's never been a big touchdown guy. He had a couple years, approached 10, uh, and last year, you know, again, uh, first year back from that injury, a uh, very respectable, monstrous year with 112 uh, receptions, 70% completion rate. That's very solid. And is and when we see a high reception rate like that, you usually think that the yards, the yards per catch are going to go down, but they really didn't. He still maintained a 14.3 yards per catch, so nothing really to say that it's that he's aging that much. Now they do bring in a uh, a number two wide receiver now, DeAndre Hopkins. So we'll see how that helps him. I think that'll help him out a little bit. You give him give him a little breather out there. So 
it'll probably hurt Owen Daniels more than anything. So let's see the rest of your team. Witten, Mike Wallace, Mendenhall, Deshaun Jackson. Now let's talk about that pick, Sam. You could have went a lot of different directions here. You had three running backs, two wide receivers. You needed to get another wide receiver there, and you chose Deshaun Jackson, who has a very low floor, and I'm not sure what his ceiling is. Talk about that pick for a second. Well, you know, again, with Chip Kelly in that offense, I just think they're going to hopefully open it up more and give him some more opportunities to showcase his uh, ability in the open field. Mike, uh, Mike, are you back with us now? Yeah, can you hear me? Are you having problems, man? What are you? What is going on on the other side there? I have no idea what's going on. What is going on? <laughs> My phone is screwed up, dude. <laughs> you need to get another uh, phone, Mike. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, well, this yeah, is, this, I know, this, this, and, and I can't wait to hear your uh, comments on Deshaun Jackson because I love Deshaun Jackson and Chip Kelly's offense. Well, exactly. you, well just, I, you, you just missed it. <laughs> damn it. Yeah, uh, Tom Brady just went in the tenth round, and in the in the chat room, Electric Relish, Tom Brady in the tenth. What a reach! Uh, <laughs> it is it's amazing to see what's going on with quarterbacks. Sam, you've been in this industry probably longer than any than than I have. I know uh, than many of us here. And look, have you ever seen quarterbacks like Tom Brady go this late? Never. Um, obviously, Brady's losing a little bit because he's lost a lot of his weapons this year. Uh, but I never thought he would drop to the 10th round. I just think there's so much depth at quarterback, and Micah was talking about it earlier on your show. You know, I don't want to give away anything, but I'm happy to have any quarterback from the 10th to the 17th spot, really. Um, So I I just think you can wait forever, basically. And if you can, you can get running backs and wide receivers. And I've already got my tight end. I'm just going to probably have one tight end this year uh, to start the draft. And so you can just, just stockpile running backs and wide receivers. And it'll be interesting to see what quarterback you do get up there. I'm going to be watching that, and I'm also going to see the type of wide receivers that you get at four and five. I'm going to be play close attention because that's going to kind of tell us, get inside the mind of Sam, Sam Hendricks uh, in the preseason. Sam, thanks for calling in, my man. We appreciate you uh, you coming on and uh, talking about your draft. Good luck tonight. All right, thanks. Have a great show, guys. Yeah. Oh, man, if you, if you don't have the book, man, go get it, uh, ffguidebook.com. Uh, it's it's a it's a manual on fantasy football, Mike, and it's not one you want to miss. We're going to go ahead and bring in the next guest of the evening, Mike. We're just going to keep it rolling. I want to keep the crowd entertained with the commentary tonight, and we're bringing in a man from Fighting Chance Fantasy, man. I don't know if you remember this podcast uh, back when we were on Friday nights uh, at eleven. He used to come on at ten o'clock. Fighting Chance, him and Jeff Manns. The Ryan yeah. Hallam is with us. Ryan, what's what you, what's going on tonight, man? How's it going, Scott? We actually were at midnight. We were after you, not before oh, you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's I, right. It was after. That's right. We I remember that, We were Ryan. the midnight oil. We were the midnight oil. Yep. The midnight oil. And we exposed you guys to the high-stakes world, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it just got into it a, a decent amount. I, uh, I like my money a little too much to be risking it on uh, you know things <laughs> I can't control. I'm not as much of a gambler as he is. Well, Ryan, we are <laughs> in the 10th round. Already of this draft, uh, we've talked about it all night. The format, this is the first satellite. We're at the top of the hour through 10 rounds. It looks like we're going to get through the 20-round the draft right at the end of the next hour. So everything's timed out perfectly. Talk about what you've seen out of this draft. What's your takeaway out of this draft, this format, anything you see on the board? I mean, there was. I've been I've been watching on and off for the past uh, hour. Uh, the first thing that stood out to me, obviously, I think Des Bryant in ninth overall. 
to me was was a pretty big shock. I'm a huge Des Bryant fan, but uh, to take him in the first round is uh, a little bit more to even call it a stretch to me. Uh, I don't know. Uh, even though you need three wide receivers and a couple flexes in this in this draft, I had a hard time swallowing Des Bryant at ninth. Uh, Darren Sproles, the, the end of the second round, I am not a fan of his at all. Uh, I, I'd have a hard time with, with a guy who kind of almost needs a trick play to make a touchdown or, or break a long run to, to get you a lot of points. He gets bottled up a lot. Uh, and, you know, teams are just smart, and, and they go and they try to game plan against him. Uh, I think he's easily, not easily shut down, but easier to shut down than some other guys. And, you know, the the Saints lost a couple guys this year with, with uh, Devery Henderson out of town, and, and I just think there's, there's fewer weapons than there once was. So scrolls that, that early was uh, was tough for me to see. And Marshall Lynch in the second round, I really, really like Marshall Lynch. Actually, just posted my running back rankings tonight. I had him fourth overall. Seattle likes to pound the ball, and he is just an absolute workhorse that in every down back and just loves to grind up the clock. And to get Marshawn Lynch in the middle of the second round to me was, was an awesome pick. Ryan, you're going to get uh, two questions in a row. You're going to get one question from me and then one question from Mike. I'm going to start off. When you look at this team uh, three, that out of the three-hole that Andrew Palermo has put out there, he starts off with three running backs, and we see quite a bit in the first half of the draft running back heavy. Talk to me about how you think he did when he started out three running backs. Remember, you have to start at least three wide receivers in this league every single week, up to five. You have a two-flex position, running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Talk about the three running back strategy from the three-hole and how you think it worked out for him. You know, I've done that before, you know, going running back, running back, running back, and it, it, it's worked out sometimes and, and hasn't worked out others. So I, it's not generally a uh, strategy that I try to go for, and they're not – you know, to be honest, I'm not a big Jamal Charles fan either. Probably, I really like Lamar Miller, Whoa! honestly, of the three. Uh, I, I think Miami's passing game is going to be better, which is going to open the open the door for Miller to to shine. And, and based on how he finished the year, I think he's going to do all right. Not but a big Jamal means, Charles fan. Heard it here from no. Ryan Hound. Okay. I, all right. Uh, you know, I want to throw something out. I like to real quick. Uh, Quarterbacks, you know, it's kind of funny. We're we're seeing uh, the running backs and the wide receivers, uh, especially the running backs in the first uh, three four rounds. Um, when would you take your first first uh, pick in the in round uh, four? I mean, you know, we're seeing Aaron Rodgers in round four. Uh, would you take Aaron Rodgers in round four if he was available to you? You know. Uh... Just in general, yeah. I mean, like you guys were talking about right before I came on, the quarterbacks in this league is crazy how, how late they're going. Uh, looking at, at the team that actually took Aaron Rodgers, uh, I might have taken a running back there. It, it turned out to work out that he got another decent one right after that. Uh, you know, so it wasn't it wasn't a, a, an absolute need as it, as it worked out in the next round, but Aaron Rodgers in the fourth is, is pretty good. To me, quarterbacks get you a lot of points, and I know people are waiting and waiting and waiting, and obviously you've got – Tom Brady in the tenth round in this draft. That's pretty spectacular. But uh I don't think I like to wait quite as long as, as other people. I'm not taking the first, you know, three three rounds at all. But I mean if you got Aaron Rodgers sitting in the fourth, it's kinda of tough to pass up. Back to this uh <clears throat> back to this third team here with Andrew Palermo, uh with Ryan Hallam uh joining us tonight from Fighting Chance Fantasy dot com. You can see that uh, the wide receivers, uh, you have to believe in some late-round wide receivers to make a strategy like this work. So let's see who he's targeting. Jordy Nelson, 
he takes Cecil Shorts over several other big names. I mean, Macklin's still out there. Uh, Miles Austin is still out there. Kenny Britt, Denario Alexander, Josh Gordon. He's taken Cecil Shorts, not afraid of the concussions. Cecil Shorts was a pretty uh, dominant player down the stretch last year, thanks to touchdowns. I'm just looking generally pretty pretty good out there. Are you? Are, do the concussions scare you at all, Ryan? You know, I, I think more what scares me is the fact that he probably is going to come back to earth more than the concussion. I mean, Blaine Gabbard is a pretty terrible quarterback, and the and Jacksonville offense in general is pretty bad. I, I really like Cecil Shorts last year, and I wrote him in a few leagues. But I, I, I'm worried about, you know, a little bit of a regression this year. So I, I, I like a couple of the guys he passed up more than Shorts as much as I even liked them last season. And then he follows that up with Vincent Brown, a – quote-unquote sleeper we talked about the other night on BFD Fantasy, Kendall Wright at 9-3, Aaron Dobson at 10-3. So there's a lot of young uh, dynasty-type guys there. One of those guys, it's going to be kind of hard for Kendall Wright to break out, especially with Locker as your quarterback, and you still have to feed Kenny Britt. Uh, But Aaron Dobson in an excellent opportunity. What do you think about any of those guys? Pick one and roll with it. Vincent Brown, maybe, the, the return or comeback player of the year, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, like you said, when you when you just go running back heavy in, in the beginning, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take a chance. And, and uh, geez, if I if I had to take one of those guys, I guess I don't know. I, I guess I'd go with Dobson. I mean, New England is gonna throw. We know that. Uh, you know, like you said, they've lost a lot of their weapons, so somebody's gonna have to step up. So you know, to me, Tom Brady is gonna make everybody around him better. He always has. I mean, he's won Super Bowls with with Troy Brown as his best receiver. So. He's the kind of guy. He's got. He's the best quarterback out of all those guys. So I, I, that is where I would go if I'm going to be looking for someone to break out. I, uh, it, it's just all about believing in the guys. He does get Breeze. He does get Pitta. So he's stronger than a lot of teams are going to be at quarterback and tight end. He's stronger than a lot of teams at running back. It's only natural that you've got to take a risk here. And uh, that's this is a guy that's taking a risk with these uh, with these wide receivers. There's a chance that one of these guys. Uh, breaks out this year, and I would say it's probably a one-in-four shot. If he gets two of these four, he might just make it out of this league uh, and and cash some money here. Sean Green in the 11th, we're already talking about the 11th round here. I'd probably back up the tight end because at the end of the day, you can get you a flex position here uh, and flex a tight end, and you don't really have a need for Sean Green, you know, unless you think he's going to be a starter, which with Chris Johnson injury, I think a flex tight end would have been a real nice spot here to pick up on like a – a Pettigrew or even a Martellus Bennett, somebody. I don't want to start name dropping guys that are on on the board, but I still see some names that I well, they just both that are, that are, actually just went. Pettigrew, yeah, 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 they both just went. Yeah, he could yeah, have taken a uh, that, That's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. Scott, you're a Jets fan. I know that. I mean, you saw what you saw to Sean Green with actually a pretty decent offensive line. I have zero confidence if if Chris Johnson can turn to that. Sean Green is going to bring anything to the table. Do you really have to do that? Where did that come from, man? I don't. I have no idea. I could have turned the volume up a little louder. I, uh, I did turn no, no, I'll tell you what. You can play it again, over and over again, Scott, because they're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. So keep on playing it. It'll make you feel good. This is the type of team I like to have. I like to have a team that nobody has faith. I don't like the times when we come out and we're all, 
you know, ego-driven and, and on the hard knocks and everybody's, you know, thinking that uh, we've got a Super Bowl uh, or, you know, contending good, team. Because they were good, good. We were good, and we beat the Patriots. Uh, we lost to a, a, a tough Steeler game on the road. It was a tough game, man. What do you want me to say? It was a – you remember the can't-wait uh, the can't wait game, man? That was, a, that was a hell of a performance Whatever, in the man. playoffs. It's an overrated piece of what have your cowboys? What have your Cowboys done in the last ten years, Mike? How many how many playoff games has Tony Romo won? That's exactly what I was talking about when you say little brother. But that's yep. a, that's for another conversation. Uh, right. Our Cowboys, we're having a tough time, but you know we're going to be all right. We're going to do much better than the Jets. Lord have mercy, can't do you much gotta, I got to back him up on that one, Scott. You're going to do better than the Jets. All right. Let's move on. Ryan Hallam is our guest from Fighting Chance Fantasy. We're going to move down this draft here, and we're going to take a look at Chris Haley's team that he's put together with uh, Aaron, Aaron Foster at the one pick, Randall Cobb at two, DeMarco Murray three, Reggie Wayne four, Peyton Manning and Reggie Wayne reunited, Eric Decker, I love the Decker pick in the sixth, Macklin in the seventh, uh, Ben Tate to back up Foster. You have to spin that pick, and if you don't pick him in the eighth, there's a chance somebody else does. And then here's the type of gamble I like to see, Alshon Jeffrey in the ninth. Look, that's yeah. his number five wide receiver. If something were to happen to Brandon Marshall, don't you think Alshon Jeffrey, Ryan, doesn't he have the tools? Hey, I think he's going to be a, a pretty good contributor whether Brandon Marshall's there or not. He's a guy uh, that I'm targeting towards towards the mid to late in wide receivers that I think could have a huge impact this year. You know, if – the Bears offensive line can give you anything and give Jay Cutler any time at all. And, and, you know, he's got a cannon. We know that. He can throw the ball. He just has been running for his life for the past two years. I I really, really, really like that pick, actually. Jeffrey is, uh, like you said, backing up backing up Foster with Tate is huge. Uh, I don't even, you know, he's, and he's picking good second-string running backs with Vic Ballard and Fred Jackson. I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with that team right now. He needs a tight end. He needs to hit him soon because there's not too many left, but I'm really, really liking the Chris Haley team so far. Hey guys, uh, the word I'm hearing is uh, Alshon Jeffrey is—he's ready, he is uh, game ready, and uh, he's going to be a phenomenal player. And I just—I I can't wait to see him. He definitely has a little bit of pizzazz factor. We have him uh, with 46 catch. Look, the, the bottom line is—it's how big of an offense do you project for Jay Cutler? And this should be a better year for Jay Cutler. Uh, the fact that they brought in Cromer and they brought in Tressman as head coach, that's what people are saying that Jay Cutler now, if you miss the run on those 12 quarterbacks, if you're waiting like some of the teams we've seen tonight and you take a guy like a Jay Cutler, there's a good possibility that he puts up a very nice season approaching 4,000 yards and 25 to 26 touchdowns. That's a much better that's a much bigger season than we saw last year when he throws for 3,019. So if he's able to do that and to utilize Alshon Jeffrey, Matt Forte out of the backfield, and still have Brandon Marshall as his favorite target, uh, what do you think about uh, Cutler this year? Is he a quarterback that you could live with in your uh, as your QB one? There, say. Uh, you know, I love to say I'm a, I'm a fan of his, but I would have a hard time with it this year. I mean, especially with all the depth. I mean. I don't believe he hasn't been taken yet. I mean, and here we're, what, 15, 16 quarterbacks in, and he hasn't been taken. And Eli Manning just went, who, who I, you know, brought, you know, bottom of the barrel for, for first quarterbacks. But, you know, he just went, and Cutler hasn't gone. So 
it's too much of a risk for me, given the number of good quarterbacks, to, to trust Cutler as my number one. But I'd love to have him as my backup in case he does you know, break out. Or not, well, I guess he hasn't really break out anymore. But in case he does have a good yeah. season, you can either trade him off or, you know, if your guy goes down, I'd love to have him as my number two. But there's just there's too many questions. I mean, the, you know, they brought in, what, you know, three or four new offensive linemen. Too much to ask for to, to risk your, your whole season on Jay Cutler. I got I got a quick question. Uh, Matt Ryan is drafted in uh, mid uh, fifth round. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton is drafted twelfth uh, round. Is do that big a difference as far as fantasy points between those two? I don't think there's seven rounds worth of difference worth of points. Um, but outside of A.J. Green, Andy Dalton doesn't have a whole lot of targets. You know, Matt Ryan has probably two of the best in Julio Jones and Roddy Way, and now Tony Gonzalez is coming back for another year. Uh, there's not seven rounds worth of difference. I mean, I'm sure that the difference of the guys that the guy who took Andy Dalton took before, you know, the guy took Matt Ryan, is probably going to make a, a nice difference. I, I like Dalton. He's, he's I think I ranked him 13th, you know, right, right at the turn of your starting quarterbacks in second string. And, you know, Green is just so good. It's just it's almost unguardable. Uh, so I, I don't think there's seven rounds worth of difference at all. But I think there's, there's, a, there's a little bit of a difference between the two. Oh, yeah, we've been talking about Dalton, man. He is ready to go off to the races. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're living in Indianapolis, okay? we got we got to start with the, the Indy 500 here. But, uh, yeah, Andy Dalton, top 12 quarterback last year it's very it's very uh we've, we've said it many many times in this program it's very easy to think that he could take that next step uh especially when they gave him the weapons that he needs to have now he he has a healthy wide receiver too probably this year in Sanu let's just say that he has that role and then you bring in another tight end uh weapon in Eifert and you have uh, another backfield target uh you know in Bernard so they've given him the pieces he doesn't have any excuses we should see a little bit of an improvement. He still, even if he doesn't move up, because the the competition is very steep this year, quarterback. I think we can all safely say that Andy Dalton's going to make it as a quarterback in the NFL. So uh, it will be interesting to see uh, what what uh, what they can do if they can make that next leap as a team, make a, maybe a playoff team. Mike, I, I'm hearing some people talk, and you're the big odds guy out in Vegas. I'm oh, hearing yeah. some people talk that that the Bengals are the pick. Uh, to represent the AFC, when you look at the value and the odds and all that, I mean, I'm not a big gambler, but uh, that's what I that's what I kind of oh, hear yeah. through the grapevine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they were in the playoffs last year, and uh, there's no reason why they can't be. And the only reason is because of uh, their defense. Their defense is rock solid. You know, right. being in uh, Brandenburg, uh, close to Louisville, close to Cincinnati. Yeah, I, we hear the word, and uh, this team is very good. Uh, Marvin Lewis, I mean, he's done everything he can with this team. Uh, they're bringing uh, younger guys on board all the time. So, uh, you know, their defense is awesome, and uh, so it wouldn't surprise me one bit if this team, uh, they're going to represent the AFC. And, Bengals and some... to win. Yeah, Bengals to represent the AFC, 13-1 to 1 right now as the sixth favorite. So uh, not, a, not a bad number there. Ryan Hallam from Fighting Chance Fantasy. Thank you so much for uh, being on Red vs. Blue, my man. And it's good to good to reunite with you, man. Definitely. Good to talk to you guys. I look forward to doing it again. Hey, Fight man. Thanks. Fantasy. Mike, uh, Mike, that was awesome. Ryan uh, had some things to say about the, uh, the teams tonight. We're going to bring in another uh, guest that I've been waiting for uh, quite a while to bring on. 
you guys know him uh, from the Sirius XM airwaves. Corey Parson uh, joined us tonight, my man. What do you say? Scott, what's going on, buddy? I'm telling you, it's the most exciting time of the year right now. Of course, you guys got a lot of courage putting this kind of money on the line. Doing it live and training camp hasn't even started yet. But nonetheless, some guys can't wait to draft. I'm one of those guys, so definitely happy to be on with you tonight to talk about it, break it down, and see what we can now, agree on and see what we disagree on. Now, do you need to go warm a bottle or something, and we get we get back with you? You need to you need to warm the bottle real quick. We'll 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 we'll, we'll be fine here. Listen, a three-year-old daughter does not care about fantasy football. She cares that daddy's in the house, so that's the most important thing right now. But I'm going to get me to a location right now where we can sit down and chop it up and, you know, get some of this good NFL talk going on. What's going on? Hey, hey, you can have her right on your lap. This is Red versus Blue, baby. This is a variety show. This is not your serious XM ISDN line here. We're, we've got Mike on a clam phone, uh, cell phone, clamshell uh, cell phone that gets terrible reception. I've been here chewing sprees uh, all night. Our sponsor tonight is Chewy Sprees from Wonka. And uh, this is our first FFWC draft uh, sponsored by FF Toolbox. We're very happy to uh, to have you on tonight. Let's let's take a look at some of these teams. You've seen what's been happening here, Corey. You know this industry and the game uh, just as good as any of us. Quarterbacks have been dropping. This is a format that takes an 11-man starting lineup, so you got to have the depth. What do you think about some of the team strategies here that you've seen? Some have even waited uh, very long to get that quarterback. Well, that seems to be the way that everybody's playing this year, waiting until later on in the draft to get their quarterback. Of course, such good value can be had late in the draft. Guys like Tony Romo, you guys are just talking about Andy Dalton. Even though he's not high on my board, he did finish pretty solidly last season as a quarterback one for fantasy purposes. Of course, I think Matthew Stafford, a rebound nicely and have a big year. So that's kind of the way the high state player is going to play. This is not your 12-team Yahoo League. This is not you and 10 of your buddies on ESPN. Susie from accounting is not in this league. So definitely got some <laughs> of the top players. Another theme that I'm seeing so far and really the past couple of weeks, this has really changed. I've been drafting since early February, guys, so I can mm-hmm. tell you about trends. All of a sudden, I'm starting to see four wide receivers consistently mm-hmm. go in the first round. Now you got Calvin Johnson, clearly. Mm-hmm. You got Des mm-hmm. Bryant, AJ yep. Green, and Brandon Marshall are all starting to go in the fourth round of each and every single draft. Yep. What I find more interesting is, though, a lot of these guys that take these stud wide receivers in the first round, they do it yep. late, later on in the round, and then when they come back on the turn, they grab another wide receiver. That's playing with fire right there. But many of those fast few national championship high-stake winners have started their teams by going wide receiver, wide receiver. Uh, and we have an example of one here in the in the draft tonight. You see uh, Kimmer Slisher, Ray, uh, Ray Rice baby. Uh, she's the number six player in the world. She takes two wide receivers. You got to say, okay, well, what's she going to do? And you never know what kind of league you're going to be in. What running back's going to fall to you? Sometimes Demarco Murray falls to you. Sometimes Lamar Miller falls to you. And if she was waiting on one of those guys, you're taking a calculated risk. In this format, Rice Rice baby did not have that happen. Kimmer had to take. Monty Ball and Shane Vereen. And uh look, you're I'm gonna bring it up uh with the executive here. Uh Corey, Shane Vereen, four four. This guy, there is the uh, the ADP, uh there there's no end in sight to this ADP. He's gonna be a first round pick by the time we get to Vegas. You know what? He went to training camp, caught a couple passes, lined up as a wide receiver. His ADP went from a hundred and primarily industry drags drafts and it shot up 
to expand. You said four four. The highest I had seen until tonight was four five. So yeah, it's yeah. getting higher and higher. Listen, when Chamberlain was at ADP one hundred, taking over Woodhead's role in the offense, of course Hernandez doing be out for the next forty seasons. Now you look at a situation where Green comes to buying opportunity in round nine, in round ten. When he shoots up the draft to the fourth round, that's not that's not what I consider a value pick at that point. If he has a decent preseason, he's going to get higher and higher. I like Shane Green to have a nice season. Do I like him in the middle of the fourth round? Nah, there's so much better targets out there at that point. So much guys are going to have a better situation, get more done. But I don't have to pass on Shane Green's hand, but he is a guy I like a lot this year, but not in the fourth round. Mike Trent, look at how blue these rounds are from 11 through 14, my man. You're seeing a lot of tight ends back up, and I'm a big fan of this, Mike. Uh, tight ends can be flexed in this format. You can start two to three if you have to, and why take a, a chance on a project when you can have a, a nice, solid player like Brandon Myers or Jordan Cameron in your lineup every single week? I know. You know, it's just amazing. It's amazing how uh, the blue and uh, blue and green uh, just – Creeps up, but uh, there's a lot of good guys like Brandon Myers, like you said, uh, Cameron, uh, another Graham, you know, Dustin Keller. I mean, who's to say that Keller can't fit into that uh, offense uh, just perfectly? I mean, it, it just amazes me how things change. I mean, the first few rounds, it's all running backs, wide receivers, running backs, wide receivers, and then next thing you know, you got to get your fillers. And that's what you do. That's what makes your draft. Yeah, and Corey, uh, the fantasy executive here, uh, joins yeah. us tonight. The Exec NY on Twitter. And I want to talk about this uh, this whole defensive philosophy because I've been seeing the Seahawks well, being taken I, as can that. Can I touch on the tight end? Can I touch on the oh, tight end yeah, situation yeah. right quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, sure. This is what I want to say, you know, my thing with the tight end. If you don't get Jimmy Graham, you yep. might as well wait and get Martellus Bennett. If you can't yep. get the first guy, you might as well wait till later on in the draft and get the last guy. Tight end has no depth. It's atrocious. It's not looking good right now. Eventually, somebody's going to break out. Somebody's going to come on. You look at a guy like Keller in a system that should fit the, in a system that should fit his skill set nicely. You look at a guy like Jordan Cameron and another guy that's a system that should fit his skill set nicely. But don't sleep on Cody Fleener and Dwayne Allen. Coming in that offense, they're going to feature the tight end in that West Coast offense. You're running, as a matter of fact, you're running clean as old college system. I think you kick down guys like Ty Hilton, Reggie Wayne this season. Bruce Harris is not there flinging the ball all around the field. And you upgrade the tight ends and you upgrade Amar Bradshaw. Well, you upgrade him for seven weeks because you know that's about the most you're going to get out of him. So yeah. basically wrap it all up on the tight end situation. If you can't get Graham, go ahead wait till later on in the draft and maybe play it tight end by committee. You might want to stream tight, tight ends like it's your fifth starter if you play fantasy baseball. Now, Witten, though, Corey, Witten's never been a big uh, touchdown guy, but remember week 10 last year, I think, against the Giants? Yeah, he had 18 receptions and had like 35 fantasy points that week. He won games for people and put people out of the playoffs that were thinking about maybe getting in on that one game where they just kept dumping it to him. So, you don't think that he uh, holds a little bit of a safety valve type for, uh, to, for for fantasy players that just don't want to that want to play it safe and take a top five guy? I think it's like the last seven had, years he's been top five. Haven't had a good chance to look at the boy tonight. Where did he go? Four three. See, four, at, at four three, I understand you could play two flexes. 
at four three though, you should be starting to round out the core of your team at that point. I don't know if Witten's the core of your team guy because he can't catch those touchdown passes. You know, mm-hmm. I think I value the wide receiver three in this format more than I value the tight end. I think I value the RB two in this format more than I value the tight end. And you come around in six, later on in five, you come up on a turn in five, going early into six, then I can see you taking Witten in the fourth round is a little bit too much for me. I you like do to agree with, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a huge fan of value based drafting. We do we we do agree with you. We think the touchdowns in Dallas are going to go to Des Bryant. I think he could lead the league in receiving touchdowns this year. Uh, but Corey Parsons joins us from Sirius XM, the Roto Experts Show, and uh, from all over. I, I I hear you all the time. Uh, sometimes I'll be on hold waiting to come on. I'll hear you. I'll, I'll listen to a set that you have, and you're so smooth, man. You're just you're just really smooth when you come on, man. It doesn't matter what question you get thrown. And that's the one thing about Sirius. When you come on a Sirius show. They don't prep you for nothing, man. They just like, right, come on, yeah, we'll talk fantasy, and then they throw a Ryan Tannehill question. I'm like, I don't want to talk Tannehill. Uh, so, so Corey, I'm not gonna put you. I'm not gonna put you on the spot. I'm gonna let you tell the the listeners what player do you want to talk about. Well, who's on your mind right now that that you need to get off your chest? It could be a sleeper. It could be a, an overvalue, undervalue. What, what, who do you want to talk about? Oh, uh, you know what? I really think it's interesting. I want to talk about some guys that could get some snaps in the preseason that could really skyrocket their ADP. Number one, let me start with Reggie Bush. If Reggie Bush has a halfway decent preseason where he gets a ton of catches and a few touchdowns, I throw this question back at you. Do you think that Reggie Bush, by the time we get to August 27th, August 28th, August 30th, when everybody's knee-deep in this, do you think that by that time, a little over a month from now, Reggie Bush could be looking like a top 12 pick, like a first-round guy? I think he I think he's uh he's a he's an easy pick for a top 12 guy if he stays healthy uh for 16 weeks that's what it is right it's it's the same story with DeMarco Murray if either one of those guys stay healthy they're a top 10 back No I I agree with you on that I think I think well not Murray so much because of the injury concerns but if Bush no, looks like he if has he stays healthy this year. If yeah. he stays if, healthy if, if 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 Murray stays healthy you think he's not a top 6 or 7 running back If he stays healthy he stays all healthy year yet. Well, neither did Bush for the first four years, but then the last, the last two, he looked pretty good. The last two, look at you know, Bush, he, shifty, shifty tight running back had, I don't want to say accidental injuries, but had the kind of injuries that are just more or less freak accidents. Even though Murray didn't have the broken ankle, which was a, which was a freak thing, but we know he has a chronic knee, he has a chronic foot. They're going to put him out from time to time. So that's what kind of, and the upright running style leads to big hits. That upright running time he has leads to big hits on like Eric Dickerson. Very talented, going to get the ball a ton of times, going to give you good numbers in the PPR. Too much of an injury risk. Drop down the ball later on and get Joe Randall because Joe Randall come in maybe through, maybe around the midday point of your fantasy football season and get into the mix mm. of that Dallas offense. I remember I uh, talked to a guy that was at the, the North South Senior Bowl and he said to me, I asked him, who is a fantasy? Who is a fantasy running back? Who is a running back that can get you? a good amount of fantasy points that's a rookie as a sleeper. He didn't say Eddie Lacy or Le'Veon Bell, well, this was the senior bowl, but what he said was you got to look at a guy like Joe Randall. He can block out the backfield. He's very good in blitz protection, meaning you can get on the football field, protecting a $100 million quarterback at Tony Romo. Number two, he can catch passes out the backfield. You know how much we like those PPR running backs in fantasy football. So I think Randall comes at a better value. I like Murray. If I have to go with Murray as my RB2, I don't have a problem with it. But like I said, if I'm looking at Murray and Dwayne both in the middle of the fourth round, 
I'm going to draft Dwayne Bow every time. And that's why he's the fantasy executive. And we're not the exec NY on Twitter. Corey Parson, thank you for being on Red vs. Blue, my man. Anytime. Please come back. Please, anytime, fellas. I'm going to hop in one of these drafts one night, and we're going to do it real big. Absolutely. Corey Appreciate Parsons, it, man. man. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh, he broke it down, man. He kind of uh he kind of gave us something to think about with Joe Randall. And that's what I want to do. I want to give I want to give the listeners at home something to think about when they're in their draft. We're at 28 minutes uh, to left to go in in uh, tonight's program and a lot of teams we still need to get to. Uh Mike, I want to I want to go ahead and take a look at game time since we're running out of time. I need to keep pushing the show forward. Calvin Johnson, Alfred Morris, Maurice Jones-Drew, Gronkowski in the fourth, Wes Welker, Cam Newton in the sixth. Wow. If you could tell me I can get Cam I, Newton in the sixth, I'm not touching a quarterback. I'll wait. I am Cam blown Newton. away. Blown away by the round 15 picks at quarterback. Ron Tannehill, which, mm-hmm. let's face it, he's your QB2 run. Yep. Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, yep. Josh yep. Freeman, Philip Rivers. Yep. Carson Paul. I mean, are you kidding me? This, you know what? The funny thing. Group. The funny thing is. The funny thing is, I have those in the exact opposite order of that round. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the thing about your QB too. You don't know. You could. You could. Uh, you can take a, a bag of them and shake them up like I do on the main Madness drawing. You just shake them all up and you can pull one out, and it doesn't really matter. I don't care which one I get. It's my QB too. But I personally prefer Rivers and Palmer this year. I think. I think they both going to have good uh, comeback years. I think Freeman is. Uh, is somebody that is very under uh, appreciated. Uh, so let's, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Mike. It's a it's a pink round. It's a it's a QB two round, and everybody's trying to get one. Uh, but again, this isn't a draft master format. You can be comfortable if you're a Drew Brees guy. You could just sit with Drew Brees. You probably don't even need a backup. Aaron Rodgers, you really don't need a backup. You could pick one up off the waiver wire. Uh, let's let's keep moving, Mike. Game time. I like what I'm seeing here because Cam Newton and Gronk are your quarterback and tight end, right? So can he fill up a lineup? Is the question. Morris, Drew, Calvin, Welker, Denario. He still needs two more, right? Uh, Olsen, I love the Olsen pick. That's one of the flex. And then he needs to get one starter from Bryce Brown, Franklin, Edelman, Allen, Burleson so far. So there you go. That's where the weakness is in that last flex. And he needs to get maybe a Brown, a Franklin, an Edelman, an Allen, a Goodson, or a Burleson. One of these guys he has to plug in every single week. In addition to that, he has to plug in another one of those guys when it's time for bye weeks or injuries, uh, and maybe may, he may have multiple buys. That's when it starts to get really tough. Here's the thing, Mike. He has a great tight end and a great quarterback, but anytime you take both quarterback and tight end early in this format, you're going to feel it when it comes time for the lineup. But I do like the top end of the lineup. The question is, does he have a breakout player there? And if he doesn't, that's where the other teams might uh, might have an edge. But, hey, if you have the Gronk in the fourth round, it might make up for that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's going to be very tough. But, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, you take your chances there early on. But uh, I still see a lot I like in this team. I mean, that Olsen Brown, uh, Franklin, that's going to be kind of iffy. But, uh, you know, you got Cam, and is, Cam's going to be good. Cam's going to be good for uh, most of the year. And I'm going to go ahead and give your phone. I'm going to buzz a meter your phone, man, because that thing has to go. It's got to go. Mobile app uh, in the chat about, says, 
LOL, he's calling from a phone booth, man. You've, you, look, it's just it's just getting really bad, man. We're going to bring in our next guest of the evening. Yeah, hey, Scott, Scott, I, you know, about 30 minutes ago, I almost called it off. I was almost like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get done. I'm going to be done with the show, but I thought I'd hang in there, but go ahead. What do you got? Well, we need to call. We need you to call in from Rachel's phone or something next. Uh, we're going to bring in the final guest from the evening. Uh, you know him from ESPN Radio. Dennis Farrell joins us. Dennis, uh, we've got teams to break down here, man. We need some help. I'm here, man. Let's rock. All right, Dennis is. Uh, thank you for joining us. Let's uh, let's move on to the uh, the seven hole, seven top tough. Uh, seven top tough is the team name. Okay, it's a little different. Uh, Trent Richardson at seven. Reggie Bush, David Wilson, Frank Gore, starting four running backs. Take it away, Dennis. What do you see out of those first four rounds? What what, what catches your eye there? You, you know, I, I was on hold. I listened to Corey's uh, speech about Reggie, which is almost cute, but I, I got to disagree. I'm concerned with Reggie Bush. If you're in a standard league and and not a PPR league. I, I don't think Reggie Bush gets any more than 800 yards in this offense, and the touchdowns are not going to be there for him because they're going to Mikel Sure, I, I think everybody's a little too quick, and I'm out here in Detroit. And, you know, I had the privilege to speak with Reggie a few weeks ago, and I asked him, you know, can you get 1,000 yards? He goes, dog, this is an offense that likes to throw the ball. That right there tells you what that answer is. Mm. So we're a little too optimistic on the – the number of carries that he's going to get. We have him penciled in at 185 carries. Uh, not as many as he's getting in Miami, obviously, but with the number of offensive plays in that, in that system, we have um, Bush doing 185, LaShore doing 135. Maybe Are you saying we should reverse that, give LaShore the 190 and Reggie the 130? You know what? In a PPR league, Reggie Bush will be phenomenal standard league where you don't get points for reception. I think you're kind of spot on. But, you know, every time you talk to somebody, maybe maybe it's just out here in Detroit where everybody's blind, but everybody's like, he's going to get a 900 yards, he's going to get 1,000 yards, he's going to get 80 receptions. I mean, the the expectation for him out here in Detroit and with a lot of fantasy places I've listened to and guessed on, have, have this guy putting up these monster fantasy numbers that I just don't see. Mm. I want a guy from you, uh, Dennis, that uh, the players can say, hey, look, after the eighth round, I need somebody that I can count on every week, put in my lineup. When you look at the board, what do you see there? There, You know what? I think, believe it or not, running back's a deep position. And I I really like Andre uh, Andre Brown this year. I like Jonathan Franklin. I think Jonathan Franklin is going to be the sleeper guy out of there. Listen, Lacey's a big guy. He's a bruiser. I'm not sold on him. Mikel sure can get 10 touchdowns in this offense. I, I think there's a ton of guys out there that I'm going to wait on. I like I like Ahmed Bradshaw still out there in Indy to be a little bit of a sleeper, not put up monster numbers. But, you know, you're in the middle of the season. I think he could end up with a good 600 yards and five touchdowns. I thought you were for sure going to give me a Ryan Broyles. I was waiting for Ryan Broyles to go off the board, and I love the fact that, you know, look, a handcuff in the true sense of the word, Ryan Broyles is not because nobody can handcuff Calvin Johnson. But let's just say for a second that, uh, you know, as the number two in the offense of Detroit, Ryan Broyles is going to have a pretty nice uh, uh, pretty nice piece. And so 
or what are you hearing about Broyles, the health of Broyles? If he plays, what is he going to do? And then touch on the fact if Calvin Johnson were to go down, what happens to Ryan Broyles? You know what? The Lions are an offense where, you know, you get a lot of teams where if the superstar goes down, they have someone immediately steps up and can produce. But that Lions offense and that wide receiver court does not have that guy. This is what Broyles' second knee injury, it concerns me a ton. I don't think the speed's going to be there. If we're in a PPR league, I really can't. I'm leaning towards Nate Burleson as maybe the PPR guy out of that whole lineup. Other than that, there's there's nobody. If if Calvin goes down, I'm washing my hands of the situation and saying, you know what, better luck next year. Dennis Farrell, you know him from ESPN Radio, joins us tonight to uh, to look at and help us launch the first ever FFWC Satellite League. We have a couple of uh, comments in the chat room. A locker is so awful as a passer. I hope he worked on his mechanics this year. I love DHB this year, Darius Hayward Bay. There's another guy for Andrew Luck. Everybody's talking about Andrew Luck maybe taking a, a step back because of the offensive system that's being put in uh, by Pep Hamilton uh, with Chuck Pagano. And Arians is gone now in Arizona, so so goes the vertical attack that they had there. Pep Hamilton comes in says he wants to run the ball, but are they going to be able to run the ball? Bradshaw, Vic Ballard, uh, you, you, you feel like if you're the Colts, you don't have the defense to really keep up with teams. So it is a young defense, and it's an improving defense, but it seems like Andrew Luck's still going to be that guy that's that no matter what their offensive philosophy is, second half, he's going to have to throw the ball to try to win the game. You're 100% right. And let's be honest, Andrew Luck's value is not much in that vertical it, it, offense. It's in the attempts he had. And that's what everybody's looking at. If he can continue to put out the attempts, he, he'll have a ton of value. I think the attempts go down, but by how much? Listen, you're out there in Indy. Everything's just a guess at this point. I think it's, I think quarterback is so deep, and you know, I, I was listening to where Cam Newton went. That if Cam Newton was going in the sixth round, there's yeah. no way I would look at any other quarterback in the league after mm-hmm. you know Cam Newton, Matthew Stafford. After those top five guys going that late, you're a fool to have to reach on somebody else at that point. Oh yeah, especially in leagues like this, that's only four uh, four points per touchdown, right, Mike? Yeah, I mean, what do you think? What's the difference between uh, Cam Newton and say uh, Colin Kaepernick? I mean, right now in the draft, I'm seeing there's a uh, four round difference. That's 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 crazy, and you know, if you look in most standard leagues. Right now, the breakdown of the top 24 picks is something like 13 running backs, eight wide receivers, one quarterback, and one tight end. That tells me people are no longer rushing out to get the top three or four quarterbacks in the first two rounds. And that tells me that, listen, I'm I'm pretty close to what Corey said. If I can't have that number one guy, which I won't, not that early, I'm just going to wait it out. I'm in no rush. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis uh, Dennis Farrell, you can find him at Dennis Seven Seven Farrell on Twitter. The uh, you know him from the Fantasy Sideline Show on ESPN, and we've uh, we've got a lot going on here, uh, Dennis. I I like on Botman's team. I like that late Reuben Randall pick. I really like that. I think that's a pick. And then Chris Givens. There's another guy that, that gets in there and gets a start for you because you can put him in there at any time because he's just uh, one play away from catching that 50 yard ball, and that's six points even without a touchdown. So he's halfway home on one play. I kind of like that pick. 
then you've got a Justin Blackman on his team who, look, for the first four weeks, you're not going to be able to use him. But once you get him back in there, uh, as long as he stays off the, you know, the Mary Jane, he's probably going to be a pretty dominant wide receiver in this league. What do you think about those three guys? Any of those guys stand out? I like Chris Gibbons. I have a little bit of faith in the St. Louis team. You know, that defense was phenomenal last season, turning it all around. Yeah. I, I think – I think this is the year that St. Louis maybe can put it all together. You know, you, you mentioned Blackman. It's not how you start the year. It's how you finish. And that's why I like a guy like Josh Gordon who's getting, like, in most mock drafts is getting zero fantasy respect. Here's a guy that had mm. 800 yards and five touchdowns, I think, and 50 receptions. He's missed in the yep. first two games. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take him around earlier than I want to because I think even missing the two games, his production will be phenomenal. I agree with you. We have him uh, forecasted at 68 for 1,040 and 6, even missing the two games. And that's when you've got to start looking at guys like that because I think a lot of times you overreact to the suspensions. Uh, that would that still puts him squarely in the uh, in the in the realm of a top 25, uh, top 30 wide receiver, even missing those games. So uh, around that spot, I like taking those shots, man. If you can make it past those first two weeks. Uh, anything's anything's possible. Now let's keep going here. We've got teams we need to review with Dennis Farrell. Uh, he's here with us today. And uh, look, let's we were we were we were talking about seven top toff. They needed uh, they got their four running backs. They got their quarterback in Matt Ryan. They got the tight end in Kyle Rudolph and Myers. Uh, they pretty much have everything going. But the wide receivers, when you go four running backs and you're telling me you're going to start Jennings, Austin, and Broyles, it's just not. I just I'm very worried about that lineup unless they've got a plan. Uh, that I don't see. What? How do you? How do you expect to win if you're going to start Jennings, Austin, and Broyles? You know what? Uh, this I've been working on a new draft strategy for me. I applied it in your league, the uh, the draft we did a few weeks ago, and it it, mm-hmm. it kind of worked out pretty good. Is I'm drafting three wide receivers in my first three picks. I have enough faith in these midtown midturn running backs. You know, I, I have faith in Danny Woodhead. I think Bradshaw could be good. You know, Sean Green is a guy people kind of giggle at, but he did have, you know, eight touchdowns and 1,000 yards. You know, Andre Brown, Mikel LeSure. I have so much faith that these guys will will put up just enough numbers to keep me afloat that I don't have to stretch out for these running backs. That You know, if you look at most standard drafts, throw out PPR League, throw out this awesome league that you guys are doing, but most standard drafts, Everybody in the first two round are, are reaching for the top, you know, 15 to 17 running back when the top five wide receivers are still out there, and it boggles my mind. Well, so, we, that's very <laughs> interesting. I mean, your phone you know, sucks. Really, uh, totally away from what we're talking about. Uh, so you would uh, you wouldn't mind having Ben Jarvis Green Ellis or a. Uh, you know, Jacquez Rogers, Vic Ballard, guys like that. No, no I I wouldn't mind it because if you look at most most leagues, you really only need either two running back spots and a flex, or just two running back spots. If I can if I can get three wide receivers right off the bat, and then while everybody's struggling to get the quarterbacks and the and the wide receivers and their tight end, and I can pick up some of these gems because let's be honest. How many times have we drafted some some of these running backs in the first two rounds? They underperform, and then there's a guy like Alfred Morris that comes out of nowhere and, and mm-hmm. finishes in the top five. You know, I'm I, this year 
I'm not gambling with the running backs. And that's what it basically is. Every year, if you look at the rankings to the end of the year, there's five to six running backs that are not there due to injury and dull performance. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, running backs are uh, are a, a mystery bag in those middle rounds, and that's why I feel like I feel a lot better when I leave my draft with that stud running back that you see in those first twelve running backs or thirteen running backs. I feel a lot safer when I leave. It doesn't mean I'm going to do better, but when I leave the draft room, I feel better. And that, that's a little bit of psychological there, but I, I feel like a winner after I leave when I have running backs. And when I don't, like the, the night that you had to start a wide receiver, I'm like, man, I don't know. I, don't, I can't feel good that Lacey or Bernard are going to carry me without that anchor you know, on my field every week. I could, I, I'm okay with a rotation if it doesn't cost me too much uh, because well, wins are important. Scott, it's, it's all about dress strategy and uh, how different people uh, apply yeah, uh, you're, mobile you're app startup. Right. Mobile app startup in the chat room. Mike says he's going to send you a phone asap, prepaid or something. You're going to get a new phone. Uh, <laughs> move, moving on uh, to Sven and Ole, we got to take a look at Paul Maley, one of the high stakes veterans in the industry. Ray Rice and Matt Forte. I love that start. Percy Harvin, Vincent Jackson. This is a nice classic balanced draft. Nothing to worry about. Gonzalez comes and meets, meets him in the fifth round, and he says, "I'm going to take him because I think he's still a top five tight end." And Look, every year, Dennis, we say that Tony Gonzalez is uh, probably going to take a step down. And what does he do? But he proves us wrong. And, you know, it seems like that's a broken record for Tony Gonzalez. So two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end that just caught 93 balls. What do you think of that start? You you know, it goes back to Matt Forte. You know, which Matt Forte is going to show up? Which offense? This is a whole new offense. Matt Forte has a lot of question marks. When you need him in fantasy playoffs, how often has he been there? He's like that girl from prom that you always want to go out with, and she finally says yes, and you show up, and she went out with, like, the football player. That's, that's what Matt Forte is, and I'm scared of him. I, I'm 100% scared. Wow. I don't this, – this is why this is the year that I can maybe shy away from these big-name running backs because, you know, I've been trying to hammer it home, and I, so I get a lot of resistance for people, but how many big, shiny running back names you go out and get and just do not perform or get hurt. You know, Darren McFadden is finally starting to find out where he belongs. You know, Trent Richardson, big, shiny name, but, you know, how how durable is he? You know, people people throw a blind eye to all these questions because they feel like they have to get the running back. I get the top four pick, you have to have a running back. I, I understand that. But after that, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the psychological part of the game, but, you know, how how nice is it to have a lineup based on players that you don't have to worry about getting injured? Well, I think I have seen studies like that, Dennis, and uh, the, the thing about fantasy that I've kind of learned over the years is it's nice to have that anchor, and it's nice to get his handcuffed because you don't always necessarily need that back to play 16 games, but you just need to have him when he starts. The questionable backs, very tough to start. You know, if you're always going to be questionable and you have that tag – uh, you might only have a, a half a game out of him or something like that. That's very difficult. But when you when when he's declared out and he doesn't score you a lot of points, and maybe he moves out of the top ten, right? And that's what a lot of people look at. They look at the end result numbers and they say, oh man, he wasn't even a top ten running back last year. He was for the games that he played because if he if he's benched, then you're taking other points on your bench and you're plugging them into that lineup when he was listed as out. So you almost kind of have to add those points to your guy 
And so maybe that'll help uh, maybe with the analysis a little bit. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying that sometimes I look at it in that manner, and I'm like, well, you know, even if I miss out on some games from Trent Richardson, the games I have, that guy, total monster, total absolute monster. So I'm, I'm not worried even if I – and the bad thing is, though, you're right. He doesn't have a good handcuff. I mean, I don't want anything to do with Hardesty. I mean, he might not even make the team. Perfect example is David Wilson. You know, okay. even now, everybody's rushing out and drafts draft him as a top. I've seen him go even in the top, what, second round, which yeah. that, that's fine. But yeah. how quick was he benched last year when he fumbled that first ball in the first game? And we didn't see that's him Coughlin. again until Andre Brown got hurt. Yeah, it's awesome for you. He's go, exactly. He's going in the top 12 picks, and Andre Brown is going like 35th or 36th among the running backs. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is because uh, oh God. there's no, uh, there's no, uh, it's not set in stone that he's going to be the main guy, especially on goal line uh, carries when when we need him the most. Mm-hmm. Mike, I've already buzzed your phone. Your phone is not allowed back on red versus blue until you get a new phone. You are not allowed back on red versus blue. Am I clear? I mean, I'm I'm taking a stand here. And I'm not going to hit this button that, that turns your blue microphone to a red one. I'm not putting you on the air until you have a new. You've got to send me a picture. I want it scanned, and I want it sent here before next Friday's big show. Oh, my God. He had to Make him muted. hold up a newspaper. Make him oh, hold up the some, newspaper so you know it's dated, too. Yep. Yeah, it's got to have the, yeah, it's one of those photos. Ten minutes to go in the program. Dennis Farrell uh, joins us from uh, ESPN Radio. Uh, we've always enjoyed listening to you there. And uh, we've got Kim Rischlisher, uh Rice Rice Baby here with Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas. This is after your own heart here, Dennis. Monty Ball and Vereen coming back with Tory Smith, James Jones, Michael Floyd. We all know how I feel about Michael Floyd. Uh, Andrew Luck, Zach Stacy, what a team! That's a, that's a very solid effort. If you believe that Ball and Vereen can handle the load, it's it's very interesting seeing what they're doing with Vereen in OTAs. They had him line up as a wide receiver. Yeah, I I, I like the potential out of him, and I like the fact that you know, listen, it's going right after my draft strategy. You don't put enough. You know, I won't hammer it home again. I've talked too much about it, but. Look, I love it. I think I think stud wide receivers are at a premium this year. Yeah, uh, we'll see if Monty Ball becomes that guy. Ronnie Hillman taking the majority of the snaps. I do think that Hillman will probably start the, as the starter this year. I don't think they're going to trust the protection of of Peyton Manning, the franchise basically in the NFL, to a rookie. I think he'll have to earn his way in. I think he'll be an absolute monster in the red zone when they need somebody to punch it in from five and ten yards. Uh, he'll they'll start to give it to him, and and I don't think Hillman's that impressive to keep him off the field. So I think gradually as the season goes on, you'll probably see a little bit more ball, maybe even a little bit more Moreno. When when you know we'll see uh, Hillman. Some there are some people that are fanatical about Hillman, and uh, others are you know we we kind of uh, we're, we're kind of wait and see. You know it wasn't much to impress us there last year. So uh, we looked at Sam Hendricks when he called in. Chimeras is Henry Muto. He's a $100,000 winner, uh, Dennis. So he starts off A.J. Green, Julio Jones, and finishes with running backs Le'Veon Bell and Ahmad Bradshaw. Uh, again, this is a strategy that you like. $100,000. This guy's buying me. That's all I can say. Yeah. I'm hungry. 
Yeah, man, he's a big-time player here in those draft master formats, big-time player. And so he comes he comes to the FFWC to check out what we got and see if he can't uh, cash himself a $150,000 check in our main event. Uh, light, nice team. I like it. I like Green, Jones, Antonio Brown, and Gordon. That's a strong four. You need to get another four players with that. So it's Bell, Bradshaw, Andre Brown, uh maybe one of these flex tight ends here, Bennett. So Cook and Bennett are both in your lineup. And here's a guy that I don't think is getting enough props, Corderell Patterson. Everybody's saying he's going to be a slow-developing rookie. But everything I've seen from this kid, man, he's got a lot of play, big play potential. And I'm not sold on Greg Jennings at all uh, being, you know, a wide receiver that can even be in your lineup, uh, much less a wide receiver three. So, if there's a potential for a great, if if there's a Greg Jennings injury, I mean, obviously Rudolph and Peterson are going to carry the team, but I like Cordero Patterson, especially in draft master formats. I know I'm I'm talking a lot of fantasy geek stuff there because that's real deep, but he's a dynasty guy that I'm really becoming more of a fan of as I watch him. You know what? I still like him this year. I mean, the question is not if Greg Jennings gets hurt; it's when yeah. it happens. I, let's be honest. This guy is not durable. At least the last couple of years, I'm I'm worried about him going into a new system. We see it with wide receivers so many times where they go from one team to another. It's just out the pasture to sell jerseys. I think Patterson's the future. And if they get just if that passing game can get going, and I'm 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 a little bit thinking that Matt Castle might win. It may be the starting quarterback before the end of the season. I I like him a little bit more. I think Castle's a better passing quarterback. And you know what? I why not at that at that late of a what round did he go in? It was like thirteenth or later, right? It oh. was uh I just I just had it up yeah. here. Let me go back down. Yeah, yeah. thirteenth thir- round, why not? Dennis Farrow, man, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, look, uh, we need to get you back on the uh, back on the air here. There's a lot of things going on at Toolbox. We'd love to get you uh, get you on the podcast on the uh, Wednesday podcast, which is our big show. Uh, this is kind of the variety offbeat show, you know. We we got a bunch of guys that have been hanging and putting up with us for a couple of years, and uh, but we we do cover the high stakes world. And this is uh, this was our startup draft. I want to thank all the participants uh, and Dennis. Uh, thank you for thank you for coming on Red vs. Blue, my man. Thanks, guys, so much for having me, and uh, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Dennis Farrell from ESPN Radio. Now, guys, the draft, uh, you guys have just finished up 20 rounds of drafting, your first ever uh, FFWC satellite draft. And, and i got to tell you, this was a very quick draft, under two hours. you got to like it. Uh, finish up with Brian Harwood here, Brandon Marshall, Danny Amendola, love those picks, Jimmy Graham, Ridley, Lacey Bernard, those are some very exciting picks. I love the Bolden pick that gives your team a little bit of balance. I love the Mike Williams pick. It gives Mike Williams. It gives your team a little bit of balance. Uh, the, the quarterback in the tenth, Tom Brady. There might not be a better pick in this draft than at ten one. At ten one, Brian Harwood, Doctor Harwood takes Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe what I'm looking at. I really can't believe what I'm looking at. Uh, Mike is gone now. I've basically. Uh, uh, shoot his phone away. Uh, he he is not allowed back on the program until he gets that phone taken care of. So uh, I'm going to wrap us up here. This was uh, a fun time for us. We appreciate it. There is a new schedule of satellite leagues uh, up over at fftoolbox.com. Click the games icon and you uh, you can you can find out the qualifier leagues for yourself. Actually, there's a link to it in the show page right here on Red Blue Radio. Uh, 
so check out the leagues. Uh, we've got them on Sunday, and Saturday, and a Tuesday night, and a Wednesday night, and a Thursday night, just different nights all throughout the week. Uh, so you can uh, take your pick in August when you want to, when you want to get a satellite in. So thank you guys for being here, Mobile App Startup. We appreciate you uh, holding up for two hours. Wayne Ellis is in the in the chat room tonight. Smokey's Doghouse, thank you so much uh, for being here, everybody. Uh, IPS Driver held out for two hours. Henry Muto, Electric Relish, get paddled. Thank you guys. Remedio Geeks, Phantom Menace, Open Field Ahead. All you guys were in the chat all night long. We appreciate it. Uh, it makes things so much fun here at FF Toolbox. And we've got. Uh, we've, we've just got so much going on. I tell you what, and I'll, I'll just, I'll just speak from the hip for a second. I'm living and breathing fantasy football right now. It's my full-time job here at full-time fantasy LLC. And, uh, this has been the busiest week, uh, the busiest month of my entire life, 38 years old, busiest month of my entire life in the fantasy football world. Everybody that I've talked to said, huh, guess what, buddy, <laughs> August is busier. So I'm preparing for it. My wife's preparing for it. Uh, we've just gotten back family trip and it's um it's been a lot of fun you're going to see a lot of new fun cool things happening at ff toolbox here in the next couple of weeks all come to fruition right at the same time so thanks for being part of it stay tuned to ff toolbox and the ff toolbox podcast on wednesday at 7 30 we'll see you next week you've been listening to red versus blue sports talk radio where planet red and big blue nation collide with your host scott atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.